This is a comic book podcast that is streamed live weekly on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. If you are on YouTube, and I know you are, make sure to subscribe to that channel so you can be part of the action yourself. You're going to hear a bunch of questions and comments here on today's episode. Why not add your voice to the show next time? I mean, granted, it will be my voice reading the question, but let's not get hung up on the semantics of it all. Just go to youtube.com slash returns and subscribe today. And if you want to help us out a little further, a nice review on this platform from you would be really appreciated. Make sure to catch the show live on youtube.com slash returns and visit patreon.com slash comicpop if you want to help us more directly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another live episode of Comic Pop Returns' own Off the Rack. I am your host, Sal. And I'm Tiffany. And we are talking about some new comics, and we're going to have a, sp- a surprise special guest to talk about some comics that are coming out soon then you should go check out final order order cutoff of that book was yesterday but that doesn't mean you can't pre-order it nice so you should Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll talk more about that later of course we should mention that this show is sponsored by viewers like you if you're watching the show live first of all thank you welcome to the show Uh, but you can sponsor today's show and keep all that riffraff of corporate sponsorships out of it by using super chats ask a question or comment and we'll read it here on the show and those proceeds will go towards the infrastructure that is comic pop and comic pop returns uh we do appreciate everybody who is here now live watching live if you want to make sure you don't cat you don't miss the live show make sure to subscribe uh also click that like button it helps us out and subscribe to the channel by clicking the bell for notifications so you know when we go live every single week which is usually every monday uh, unless there's like an emergency right um, why would you say that now i feel like there's going to be one no oh gosh well there, it is raining so we may lose power so you never know you never know or but, internet just for fun yeah uh, but there's a lot of books that came out this past week that we think you should check out we're going to be reading and reviewing those and then we're going to talk about recommendations that are coming out this week at the end of the program i'm literally looking at a book right now that i completely forgot to purchase that's okay you're hovering right over it no 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 yeah yeah that's fine <laughs> i was like oh damn it right <clears throat> gonna need a makeup yeah yeah well it was it's been a weird it's been a weird time thanks to new york comic-con we've been kind of like all over the place i would say that it's because of my investment in a specific thing that's going on over at marvel right now mm. that like like my focus was totally on that and not like it was like, is it an overwhelming amount this week maybe but like it wasn't bad no it was just like i was like ooh, 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 ooh. all right yeah yeah i'm done yeah uh. i don't know I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be over soon enough. It's so. true. It's oh, fun. and we're gonna talk about uh, the finale of She-Hulk. We are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thumbnail. I didn't look at the thumbnail. No, of course. Because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. I'm professional over here. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna talk really quick. I want to mention, uh, of course, Fantastic Four number forty-eight from Juan Cabal and of course David Pepos. This is the second part in a two-part Fantastic Four guest spot where uh, David Pepos is telling us Die Hard in the Baxter Building. Um, it's also an AXE Judgment Day tie-in, although not really. Like it okay. just kind of explains like where Reed is or why he's missing, and they're gonna get into whole all that. Uh, Which is, you know, what I I do kind of appreciate that. Like, do I wish like every tie-in had something like strong directly to say? or strong to say? That'd about be Judgment fine. Day, but yeah. like, I do also appreciate the question of like, because you know, someone, Ethan, I'm looking at you, um, who would like read. AXE would be like, where's Reed Richards? Why right. isn't he fixing this? And it's like, well, because he's busy. Yeah, well, he's in the think tank trying to come up with a plan. And yeah. by the way, he doesn't. It's 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 hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what's it called? Oblite Midas is uh, running around the Baxter building with her crew trying to t- steal Reed Richards' brain. He's the one behind the vault in Nakatomi Plaza. And so uh, we watch uh, Sue, Johnny, and Ben deal with their respective three issues. Uh, Johnny trying to get into the Baxter building uh, ben being underneath the Baxter building 
and uh, Sue being within the Baxter building mm. and all of them dealing with their respective issues. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really well written. Uh, every character is pretty consistent throughout. Um, the way in which Sue resolves problems is both offensive and defensive. Uh, really, if, if anybody's like, oh, I don't really care for, for Sue. I don't really get why people think she's so cool. This is not this is not a bad two parter for you to really get acclimated to uh, what a, what an interesting and oft ignored character she can be. Okay. Uh, good status quo for Oblite and uh, or Obliette, I should say, uh, and more. It's a it's a pretty fun story that I think hopefully will be remembered for its you know fact for, for the fact that it is a good highlight of Sue Storm. But more important, I think that because we get like a monologue for Reed throughout the issue. You know, every member of the Fantastic Four is represented. It's not necessarily just like, oh, I'm I'm trying to say something about Sue and I'm going to marginalize or I'm going to forget about the rest of the like two, like literally three fourths of the Fantastic Four. Mm. No, they all have something important to do. It's just that some of those things that are important, like it, they're very superficial or uh, one dimensional. It's just like Johnny's got to get in. Yeah. And he, but even his solution for getting in is clever. You know, Ben uh, being crushed under the crippling weight of protecting all these people is like just just very ben Grimm, right stuff mm -hmm. and uh reed figures out what to do about judgment day uh which is accept it and like and live with his family you know it's like it's the lesson that reed learns every time somebody wants to talk about uh you know but he does he does pass cool do the, do the rest of the four pass do i assume that all of them pass because it's all four of them like together as a family and uh and the and the the, the celestial is just like yeah <laughs> Good job, Fantastic Four. Uh, is it a Judgment Day tie-in? No, like it, not even a little. Okay. Like if you are like, oh man, I wonder what the Fantastic Four are doing in, in Judgment Day, read Judgment Day because that's what they're like literally actually doing. Mm -hmm. This is just Peppo's got this pitch. You know, he pitched it to them, and they're like, oh, we can make it a Judgment Day tie-in. It's like, all right, <laughs> you know what? It's fun anyway. Yeah. Uh, but good stuff, uh, and uh, not a bad um, like calling card to be like, hey. Maybe Peppa should be writing the Fantastic Four, <laughs> or yeah. at the very least, a Sue Storm series. Yeah, you know? why but not? good stuff. Yeah, uh, but if you are interested in more uh, Peppos, you should be reading Savage Avengers. There you go. Uh, so yeah, what do you, what else you got? What do you, what did you read that you want to talk about? Everything I read was had AXE on top of it, except <laughs> for one thing that I read. Yeah, that was by Boom Studios, um, written by Jeremy Hahn, with art by Jason A. Hurley, called The Approach. Oh. I don't know if you know this about me, but I have like, I mean, I like a lot of different horror stuff, but there's a specific style of horror that I really, really like. That is, you're isolated in a wintry place. <laughs> yes. Looking at and, you, the thing. And then the horror comes for you. Right. Like, I really enjoy, at least the movie adaptation of it, like the beginning of 30 Days of Night up to a yeah, point. Yeah, 30 Days of Night is almost a great movie. something to, for me about being in a like snowy, isolated, like... Locale. Lo yeah, location, and then something coming for you. And like, I'm, I am all about that. And it doesn't matter how many times I see it. I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. uh-huh, more please. Yeah. And that's very much what this is. This all is right. more please. Um. The the long and the short of this is, is that this is a miniseries, um, again, written by Jeremy Hahn, who also wrote uh, The Red Mother. Um, but this is like, okay, so there is a, I can't remember, honestly, I don't remember where it is, uh, mm -hmm. where it takes place, but they're in a snowy locale. Mm -hmm. It's an airport. Oh. And like there's snow coming and they think it's just going to be a dusting and then it turns into like this huge, like, you know, storm that shows up, right? And we're mm -hmm. following presumably the, I, I, I want to call them the ground crew, but they're clearly like, 
the they 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 help to like put out fires and they like they they they're like maintenance yeah but they also like they crews. also literally had like fire trucks and fire coats okay. um but you're following um to uh mac and abigail from this abigail's new to the team mac, mac you say mac i know i know i know trust me I, and by the way, I love it. You I know, have a type. We, we, there, listen, uh, we just talked about uh, D Dubs or Dubbers' book, um, Beta Ray Bill back in the day. Mm -hmm. And like, there are so many references. And it's like, one might be like, hey, wow. But at the same time, it's like, I like all those references and yes. I enjoy what's happening yeah. here. So I'm not going to begrudge you. Like, call him Mac. Why the hell not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a huge plane that has to be rerouted to land at their airport even though they're basically trying to close down yeah the plane lands um they get all the the passengers off they're keeping them in the hangar and that's when like a smaller like maybe like one two like person plane comes like out of nowhere okay with no flight plan no nothing and they just crash into the ground oh no and it's like a fiery blaze and they go out there and they pull the pilot out and they're like oh my god what's wrong with him and they pull him into the into the hangar yeah. as well he's dead okay the power goes out uh -huh. it's getting real cold oh no so they gotta like work towards that and that's when someone goes to check around for some further blankets and they find that the body is gone oh no so like i i, I oh also additionally i completely completely just missed the key point of the approach when they find out that the when they take the call sign from the plane and they look it up the plane went missing 27 years ago awesome. so like i'm like langoliers i'm like mm -hmm. uh-huh Jeremy, just you just send that right into my brain. Thank yeah. you very much. So, like, I am here for this. It is a mini series, a horror mini series. It's hitting at all the right times for me because we're dealing with horror. It's the spooky month. We're going into the winter, right? Yeah. At least if you're in the northern hemisphere, right. so like these hit all the marks for me. Like, yes, I like. Do I like the holidays and all the love and all that stuff? Yes, but there comes a point in the winter where I am just like. I want as much horror isolation yes. as possible. And I don't know why, but like, yeah, that's, that's just me as a person. But like, I was thrilled to have this really, really like the art. Um, Jesus, her, did I say that before? Is that, no, it's Jason. Sorry. Jason Hurley and Jeremy Hahn are the, are writers, the writers and Jesus Hervas is the artist. Is the artist. And okay. The art is great. It, it looks great. I really love the style of it. It, it has like, a pseudo realism but like also like a nori like depth to their um absolutely to their, to their shadows just looks great really really loving it i'm not gonna tell you what happens on the last page but trust me i'm hooked i'm here yeah well it's a dope cover yes, it's a please. it's a fun almost like you you blink and you'll miss it like that was very much what it is for me and like i saw it as i was actually pulling my other books because i always like for comicsology i turn on a certain amount of publishers and yes. like, boom was on there and i was like let me just take a look really quickly and like i saw that and i clicked on it to read the thing and like the summary and immediately i was like well that i'm just gonna buy this site unseen i'm purchasing this and i don't regret it the only thing i regret is not having a physical <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yes so um, if you if you like horror pick it up yeah pick it up again it's a mini series it's not a huge commitment it may be gone when you get there because of how few uh orders well, they make but I'm make sure. sure to tell your comic shop if, if you enjoy it mm -hmm. to get it uh -huh. Uh, let's uh, you know I'll do one more review and then we'll do some super chats. But okay. uh, I read uh, Batman versus Robin from uh, Mark Wade and Mahmoud Asrar. I uh, really like this cover. I don't necessarily like the logo. In no. This, in uh, the okay, I don't mind the logo. I just don't like the logo styling juxtaposed with this art style well, because it has a drop shadow. The top part has a drop shadow, but they're overlaying the logo, so it's like everything has a drop shadow. I don't even know if that's what it is for me. I think it's more that the logo itself isn't like flat, yeah. and there is like a really like strong posterized or poster style graphic mm -hmm. like nature to this cover, and yeah. so 
makes me think it should be a flat sort of logo image, mm-hmm. like color-wise. I don't know. Yeah, I should also point out, you know, I think it's nice that, uh, you know, DC is putting the Black Adam uh, ad on the top of their cover, but uh, I think it should be tit for tat. I think if they're going to be uh, kind enough to put a promotion for their movie on their comic book covers, that they should put a comic book promotion in their movies. Admittedly, I feel like DC has done a better job of that in the past than Marvel has. Well, DC just dwarfs Marvel in terms of making that effort. Like, Oh, I know. I saw Black Adam comic books at the premiere. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, straight up. And I, I'm, I'm immediately thinking of a movie that nobody wants to think of. Which Green I Lantern. Remember. Yeah, because right at the end of Green Lantern. They're like, like don't forget favorite... to read the Green Lantern comics. Yeah, like there it was. So, yeah, it's like... really cool and it's there. It's there of the TV broadcast, the yeah, Blu-ray. So I, I'm not going to give them a hard time about this, especially because unlike the logo, it really kind of works with the cover aesthetic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm aware of this. Yeah. Uh, Batman vs. Robin 2 is fine. It, it's fine. It's Mark Wade, like at his Mark Wadeiest. Like, you know, when Mark Wade is hitting, it's hitting hard. And when Mark Wade is doing a job he's doing a job you know it's like not too dissimilar from like when peter david does a job and you're like oh okay a story from beginning to middle and end way to go you know motherfucker knows how to do a story structure way to go uh but you know it's not gonna blow smoke you know up my skirt or anything this is one of those things it's also doing stuff where i'm like okay you know like because i'm enjoying mark wade's world's finest which is like a it's like a flashback book that takes place in the past okay cool he invents his character, the demon Neza, and Neza is really a really big deal. And he's really scary. Well, guess what? Neza's back, and he's in this book, and he's possessed Robin. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow! A character that you invented is now suddenly really important. Not too uh, dissimilar from your Doctor Strange run, but uh, you know that. Listen, he's got to pay the bills, and he's Mark Wade. He's been working from this industry for like 40 years, so it's yep. like you know you gotta you gotta get get some of those residuals um the, the house of secrets is burned down as a result of this book what yeah damien burns down the house of secrets that's all i'll say about that so uh yeah that's i mean like you know it, it, stakes uh tension drama all the characters are pretty consistent outside of of course damien but you know i get it but uh hmm hmm yeah. Hmm, indeed. Dude knows his uh, his continuity, or at least he knows his he knows his universe. He yeah. Ob- obviously, he in his can't... world's finest, he uses Doom Patrol, he uses Zatanna and the House of Secrets, and like all this magic and everything like that. Like it is it is intrinsically a magic book. Like you may want to check out this series when it's done, <laughs> but maybe not if they're going to do something like that. Uh, but yeah. So uh, I'm going to read a couple of super chats. If that's okay. okay with you, uh, Brian Sorry, Rollins. Responding to something in the chat. Uh, ready for the axe talk and hoping you're ready for the uh, the angry She-Hulk comments, no matter what you take. Uh, no matter what your take is, comic pop rules. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Uh, let's. I, I think we've fostered a really incredible community that's like way better than the sum of its parts. I think it's way better than the the riffraff you'll hear. And I think we're so far removed from the She-Hulk finale that we can talk about it without any kind of muddling or confusion or uh, or, or, or vitriol. I think I think we're capable of doing that. Let's find out. Uh, Brady Wright, uh, Brady White says, "Howdy. I uh, hope you're all doing great. I've been reading Doctor Strange. Yay. Started with Aaron's run and just finished Wade's run. I've been loving it. Just started Strange Academy, and I think I will dig it. I think you will too. Trust me. Even though he doesn't show up too much in like in it, um, there is something very. It just feels super connected. It carries his name, and honestly, the story still t- telling style just fits. I don't know. I think you're gonna like it." Uh, Armand Graham, thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, MNNM says, 
that new Namor book by Cantwell is really good. It's basically Marvel's Waterworld starring Namor. Uh, great premise. I'm surprised wasn't already done. Interesting. I haven't checked it out. I, I skipped a bunch of books this week. We've been busy. But I've like, never seen Waterworld. So I don't, oh, man. I don't know. What we got to watch Waterworld. We got to. You just saw a, a classic movie for the first time in recently. Mm-hmm. We should watch Waterworld. You'd enjoy it. It's really stupid. Now now I can blame MNNM for me having, for to, having watch. to watch Waterworld. <laughs> it's really my own fault. I didn't have to say that out loud. No, it's true. Uh, but before we get into more Super Chats and more comics, I should welcome a very special guest uh, who is joining us all the way from wherever they're from. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't actually know where you're from. But we will jump into it anyway. Uh, that is to say... Mr. Matthew Rosenberg. Matthew, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so, so much for having me. I'm in New York, by the way. I New York. Oh, that's right. You you knew the time zone. <laughs> I do. I did. I'm aware of the East Coast time zone because of Excellent. my natural New Yorkness. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, then uh, hopefully you are uh, keeping dry because it is it is wet out here in the East. Yeah, yeah. It's all right today for now. But I also haven't really okay. left my house. I've been working. So <laughs> Good. Yes, working hard, especially on uh, a book that just... I feel bad because the show comes out, this show comes out a day after Final Order Cutoff for a book that is very near and dear to, I think, both of our hearts. And uh, so I wanted to get people aware of it. Uh, and that is, of course, Wildcats number one. Wildcats number one. Uh, yes. You shouldn't feel bad because, uh, you know, we still need people to uh, not just pre order the book, but actually care about it and know about it and buy it and stuff. So any little bit of spreading the love of wildcats is good is great yeah now you have you've been sprinkling wildcats love throughout your uh career at dc uh mm. and, I, and i love to see it and every time it would come up i just i i, I felt a very a very strong kinship because uh ever since wildcats slash the wildstorm universe was acquired by dc i was like man i can't wait to see what they do with it and they, they tried you know you gotta sure. admit like there's been attempts uh but it's always fun to see it like when it's referenced in this kind of, I actually know what this is. And I didn't remember yeah. what happened here. Uh, were you a classic Wildstorm reader back in the day? I have to assume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was very young, but um, I really, I was like, a, I was a big Marvel and DC kid. And uh, I loved, Jim Lee was my favorite uh, oh, artist. Sure. And, and you know, still is probably. And the, uh <laughs> And yeah, just I remember when when all those guys left, I was I was really little and I was very sad that they all left Marvel and and then Image started and I was like, well, I guess I have to try these. And I I remember just reading Wildcats and just being thinking it was just the craziest book. And and the thing I love about Wildcats and the thing that I think we're trying to really do is capture the fact that like, unlike a lot of other books, it it does sort of reinvent, reinvent itself with the time. So you get these like, you know, the Alan Moore Wildcats is very different from the Jim Lee Wild and Brandon Choi Wildcats is very different from the Joe Casey Wildcats. And it's just always sort of updating with the times in interesting ways and sort of commenting on what's going on. So we're yeah. trying to capture that spirit. In what we're yeah, doing. it's interesting. You, you just you just hit a, a really interesting point out like we basically get like a new generation of Wildcats or Wildstorm like every five or so years. Like there's just this new invention, this new interpretation of these characters of this universe. Um, can you tell us a little bit about where in the DC universe Wildcats takes place? Like is that this has got is this this is this the same grifter that we've seen in Detective yeah. Comics and Batman? Yeah, yeah. It's the same grifter. Um basically uh 
Grifter appeared in in James uh, James Tynan's run on Batman. Uh, he was working as Lucius Fox's bodyguard, but there was yep. some shadiness to that. And um, I got the chance to sort of explore it and run with it in uh, Batman Urban Legends. We did a Grifter series and also tease it in um, the Future State event. There was I yes. did two issues of Grifter and Future State that sort of explained that like he's kind of playing multiple sides here. He's working for a shadowy organization. And now this book is that shadowy organization sort of coming to light. He, ah. they, they, they're not, uh, I think a lot of people are expecting them to be crashing in from another dimension or, sure. al or aliens. Um, and, and we're not exactly playing all of our cards up front, but uh, the idea is that, this is the Halo Corporation is a major company in the DC universe. That's that's been really like they're a new company, but they're become very important. And the Wildcats are their paramilitary arm wing that they've been finding and recruiting these strange people and and hiring them to go make sure that the company is profitable and doing its job. Okay, and so that's that's where they are. They're a sort of corporate superhero team that is uh, operating in the shadows, but just barely in the shadows of the DC universe. Mm. And you changed uh, the, the acronym a little bit. So it's not, it's no longer covert action teams. Yes. It's no longer covert action teams. They are a crisis aversion tactical squad because that is the bigger role of the team. Uh, the halo company, the halo corporations mission statement is to improve the world. They're building a lot of products and and selling a lot of things and making a lot of things to improve the world. This is their more uh extreme arm of that. They are put this team together uh to save the world from from crisis level events that they find um that they think other people are not handling. When the Justice League don't see it coming, the Wildcats do and get oh. there first. I kind of like that a lot. Like that's, it's a really fun pitch for them. Um, how many issues do we get for this? And I have to assume, cause I know it's a mini series um, or is it, is it not? Cause I remember seeing it build as a mini series. Uh, it's billed as a limited series. Uh, we have big plans. So if it goes well, um, we're going to do more. If it doesn't, we're going to figure out how to tell the story in other ways. Cause there's a lot of, sort of wildcats and stuff coming that we have planned. So right now right. Um, we don't have a definite number, but at, you okay. know, it's more than six. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, did they give you when you, when, how, when you brought this together and we finally got like a wildcats book after we had the wild storm, we had grifter, we had like teases of, I know zealot and uh, voodoo and, um, God, I can't remember. I always get Voodoo and Void mixed up. Um, sure. But how much of the Wildstorm universe did they say, oh, go for it? Or, or was there anything where you're like, well, we can't use it all. Like, we can't use, like, Hellspont or... <laughs> you, you know, know it's funny because um, Ben Abernathy, who is my editor on this, and he's the executive editor of DC, he's a former Wildstorm editor. And so his love of this stuff is really intense and overwhelming in the same way that I feel like mine is. And so we kind of a lot of what it is is not there isn't a lot of like you can't do that it's just figuring out the right way to unroll things and and package them and and show them off and present them and yeah. so there's been a few times where i've been like i want to use this character and then we sort of talk about it and we're like that's not big enough for this character we want this gotcha. character to hit bigger like they can't just be a cameo they have to be a big moment 
Um, but in term, but I haven't been waved off from anything. I haven't been told no on anything. And there cool. is a lot of, it's funny because when you unveil a team book, especially something like Wildcats, and I know this from doing X-Men, when you, when you put them on the cover of the first issue, people go, where's so-and-so and where's so-and-so. Oh, sure. And I just want to tell people like, there are a lot of, a lot more characters coming than what you see on the cover is all I can say. You're going to be real, the end of issue two, issue three, there's a lot of people you're not going to expect <laughs> showing up in this book. Awesome. Uh, what is the release date for Wildcats number one so that everybody can know, like, tell your local comic book store, like, I want to pre-order Wildcats number one. It's coming out on this date. I want to say November 8th. Does that sound okay. like it's a possible date that exists? Yeah, I mean, that certainly is a, a date that's coming. Yeah, so I'm a, let's, let's go with that. that. It's about November, November 8th. You no, know, I'm pretty sure it's November 8th. Um, yeah, because our, our final order cutoff was yesterday. So, um, you know, there's still time if you call your local shop and say, I want to get this. They can probably still get you copies. And there's a lot of cool covers. There's a Jim Lee cover, which is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so it, it's coming in, in just a, a little under a month. Can I ask this? If, 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 and if, if if it's out of school, you know, just be like, nah, I can't talk about that. But when when you pitch this, when it got to light, was Jim Lee at all like, you know, I have a couple of thoughts about Wildcats I'd like to share with you. <laughs> uh, no, you know what's funny is that um, I'm pitching it to uh, I pitch it to Ben Abernathy, and then he takes it up the chain, and and I'm sort of you know the the creators are sort of removed from that process, sure, and then. Um, it's something that we've been working on for a while and it was sort of hit, we hit pause for a little bit and I was like, what's going on? Why are we paused? Why are we like, you know, I thought we were doing this. Yeah. And, and then they were like, it's the 30th anniversary is coming up. We want it for oh. the 30th anniversary. And I was like, Oh wow, that's heavy. And they're like, yeah, we want this to be a big thing and we're really getting behind it. And I was very appreciative and that's all I heard. And then, um, whatever, a bunch of months ago, they had a, um, the premiere for the Batman movie uh, was in New York and, and I was invited and uh, someone from DC reached out beforehand and said, uh, Jim is having uh, some friends uh, come to a, a private event for drinks. You know, we would love it if you would come. And so I went to this, this uh, bar to meet, uh, meet with Jim and, and a bunch of other creators. And, uh he he uh he came up to me and he was like hey matt and i was like uh, hi you know I, I get nervous around him just because it's like you know I, i'm such a lifelong fan but he's he's always been so kind and amazing to me and he was like i just want to say how excited i am that you're about all the wildstorm stuff you're, you're doing he's like it really means a lot to me and i it was so nice and so overwhelming that i sort of thought there was like a shoe gonna drop where he's gonna be well, like sure like but but we're, we're not gonna, gonna do any of that yeah like <laughs> but i i remembered how much i loved all of it and i'm gonna do it myself and i just sort of was like oh and i like didn't and he's like so thank you and then so i was really awkward and and fumbly but i uh yeah that's it he was just really sweet and and nice and then uh you know he he agreed to do a cover for the book which you know meant everything to me and and awesome. then i saw it <laughs> i was like it's amazing <laughs> and uh yeah i mean there's nothing uh, there's no in my career i've had a lot of things that feel like real big heavy honors and and real like heavy moments for me and sure. having uh steven segovia who's drawing the books uh drawing the book and and me redesign some of the characters we sort of updated them and changed them we want yeah. to keep the core elements but there's some tweaks 
having Jim come in and draw the redesigns. Oh yeah. I, you know, I, I can't even imagine for Steven what that feels like, but even for me, I was like, Oh wow. Like I'm in some tiny way. Yeah. It was, it was intense, but it's really yeah. a, a beautiful cover and I'm really honored to have it. So I'm hyped. Uh, I, I'm really excited. I've been seeing your, uh, your social media promotion of uh-huh. your kind of grassroots, you yeah. know, grifter memes, uh, promoting wildcats. And that's when I was like, I got to reach out to him and, and, and see if he'll just come on the show and plug this because it's, it's been so fun to see a genuine love of this universe slash, uh, family of, of characters and, and to take it into the modern parlance. Cause I feel like, you know, there are no bad characters. There's no bad like sure. team. It's just like, you know, you need the right creative outlet to see them through. And I feel like Wildcats, you know, they and the Wildstorm universe by extension, like they had their time and sure. it was very popular. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily they are, remain, re, re, you know, remitted to that time. Like, sure. Yeah. There's an opportunity I, for them here now. No, I think so. I, and you know, like when I got to DC, you know, I, I was at Marvel for five years or five or six years or something. And I, um, Marvel has so many teams that yeah. I, I like, I felt so spoiled by it because there's always like, well, I want to throw on this team. And when I got to DC, I was like, but there's just not a lot of teams here. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. much more char- single character driven universe. And like, I knew that as a fan subconsciously, but when you're actually writing it, I, I I immediately my thought was like, why are the Wildcats on the shelf? Like the Wildcats right. could be such a vital part of this. Like they yeah. they serve a role in the same way that you look at you know what the Avengers do versus what the X Men do or what the Fantastic Four does. The Wildcats don't do what the Justice League does. The Wildcats don't fit that role, and it's true for you know Stormwatch and Planetary and the Authority and all of the yeah. Wildstorm universe. I think that I think that they really are. Um, such smart and vital concepts that I think they could really matter to the DC universe in a big way in the future. And I'm hoping that fans, not just selfishly hoping that fans embrace this book, but give us a chance because I think it's really additive to the DC universe. I think you're going to enjoy seeing the Wildcats go up against the Justice League, go up against the Court of Owls, go up against Batman. You're going to see these other characters come in and just expand the universe in in these fun ways that I, I think... Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of both. I'm a huge DC fan, obviously, and a huge Wildstorm fan. And I I understand the people who are like, I like them separate, and I get that. Sure. But but we're in an era of of making everything bigger and crazier, and this is taking two very awesome big ideas and smashing them together. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. Absolutely. No, you you hit it best when you said it was additive. It is you're you're just contributing to the larger uh, universe and 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 kind of expanding it into a fun like new entry point for old and new readers alike so it's exciting times uh watch out for wildcats uh do you want to do you have like a log line do you want to like pitch this book a little bit you want to be like okay so if that hasn't sold you this is what you're going to get when you're reading wildcats man i i'm uh, you know the book is the book isn't out yet so normally it takes time to to learn that but i i would say that i would say this book is you know it is a it is a throwback to to sort of big bombastic 90s action comics but with modern heart and sensibility it's a they are a superhero team who doesn't answer to anybody and doesn't care what anyone thinks and (laughs) that is not going to go great as they're dropped into the dc universe and have to go head to head with everybody so if you want to see the team that is the thorn in the side 
of everyone in the DC universe, the <laughs> team that is saving the world and pissing everyone off while they do it. Um, this is that book. And I'm a, uh, I don't know. Steven Segovia's art is absolutely gorgeous in it. He's killing it on the book. Um, and you've seen a little bit of a preview from it uh, back in August. And uh, yeah, it's looking, it's looking fun. Like, it looks modern, fun, kinetic. Like Segovia is a great choice for this book. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's full of energy. It's stylish. It's cool. You know, and we're trying to tread the line, but to make old school fans happy, there's a lot of wide panel pages and the lettering <laughs> feels like throwback Wildstorm lettering. And, you know, and, and there's, you know, a lot of like hyper violence and, and, <laughs> crazy badass characters but also there is some you know modern sensibilities thrown in and a lot of fun dc cameos and i think uh i don't know i think it's a book that for wildstorm fans uh, lapsed wildstorm readers like i i there's a lot of love for the wildstorm universe in here but for people who've never read a single wildstorm book like this is a new dc team like this is this is the new team that is that is gonna matter in your universe so so come check them out and say hello and get mad at them you're supposed to get mad at them a little bit <laughs> awesome I'm, I'm loving it i can't wait uh matthew rosenberg thank you so much for being on the show man really appreciate it yeah thanks so much and, for having uh me. you know we'll we'll talk again soon hopefully uh, about more uh coming your way uh awesome. thank you so much for being on the show and uh well, i'll see you later man thanks <laughs> take care you too well, there you go, everybody. That was Matthew Rosenberg talking about Wildcats number one coming from him and Steven Segovia uh, in, well, let's say November 8th, maybe November 8th. Sometime. Sometime in November. Very excited about it, as you can tell. Uh, and that was, that's just a little, little, little cameo, a little, little fun thing, you know? But uh, thank that's you awesome. so much to Matthew Rosenberg for coming on the show and being here. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. So let's move on to the next uh, bunch of stuff that's happening here uh you know uh, what else we got i guess i could talk about something unless you, you're you're ready how many do you have because i've got like i got like two i got like twelve thousand. <laughs> so you might want to let me i got like two right. so yeah really quickly i just want to mention that like i'm not going to talk about this in depth like just i did read it um not last week but the week before that yes. x-men axe x-men number one came out it's it it's just um gillen taking an opportunity to um dive into the like group that's like trying to pull off the last ditch effort you know got, oh like, yeah gene and and cersei and wolverine and um mr sinister and uh, some others uh, mm -hmm. on that team um it, but it's really just about gene gray iron man's there as well <laughs> um, but it's about gene gray being judged oh that's what it is at the end of the day. okay um, i assume the phoenix stuff comes up oh <laughs> oh yeah Yes, yes, it does. That's cool. Um, that was Kieran Gillen with art by uh, Francesco Mobley. So I just want to let you know that. Um, I also did read um, from that same time period, X-Men Red number seven. Oh. Um, it's freaking dope. <laughs> it's really like the first, the, the beginning of it is very sad. It's really well done. Um, it, it just deals with um, the death of Magneto and, um, you know, just some of his final words on it. It's, it's really very well written, very touching. Nice. Uh, that is written by... Uh, Al Ewing. Al Ewing. Sorry, I was trying to get to the credits page, oh, which sure. is in a totally different location in this issue. Too. Uh, no, no, it makes sense. They didn't want to put the credits page at the ooh. beginning. Um, so, you know, it's a stylistic the, decision. Yeah, so I have no problem with I that. I love it. Uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Stefano Caselli. Um, really great issue, really tight. Um, seeing some shifting around, uh, dealing a little bit with Iska. This is the, like it's by Madibek Mus. Okay, well, I'm going by the credits page in the book. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, all right, my bad. My, my bad. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with them. That's fair. Um, 
and also because it looks exactly like Stefano Caselli's. Oh, well, there you go. All to right. date. Um, is that number seven? Yes. All right. And, uh, you know, this is going to just kind of put a little like pin on Wolver uh, on uh, Magneto's death. And uh, I, I think it's well written here. Ewing did a really good job with it. And uh, Gillen obviously giving him the room to tell this story yes. and to put that pin on it. Um, also um, establishing like, hey, um, Cable and Wizkid know what Bran's doing. Oh. And uh, Iska the Unbeaten is leaving um, this, the, the great ring of power Oh, uh, because she got judged. And also the <laughs> Fisher King took her down a peg or two. Oh, good. It's it, it, with words. Um, yeah, really course. well done. And uh, just solid issue. Just want to say that. Hey, that's exciting. Good, good issues all around. Yeah. Um, Staying on the axe train. A ridiculous number of books came out this week for AXE. We're not going to talk about all of them. Mm -hmm. There were some I just straight up did not read, uh, but would like to go back to. Like, I would like to check out X-Force because it's dealing with Craven, but I chose not to read that one because I knew it was going to be dealing with Craven. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to... I got I to uh, compartmentalize. I'm going to on that one mm -hmm. for right now. Um, but we had quite a few books that were just... Um, their books, like Wolverine came out this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was an axe tie-in. Uh, dealing with Solemn Wolverine and um, the Muramasa Blades, as well as uh, the Hellbride. That's written by Ben Percy with art by Federico Vincentini. Yay. Uh, so, like, this is one of those issues where it's like, hey, if you've been following Wolverine then you probably are very well aware of Solemn. You're aware of what was going on in Ten of Swords. So like, this is really just for you, and we are going to make it a a motivation of the progenitor <laughs> judging Wolverine. So like, it works as a tie-in yes. without being overly reliant on it being a tie-in, because Wolverine is right, involved. It's a focus on Wolverine. Yeah, but like, and it's his book, but he is involved with what's going on in the main acts yeah, so book. It, yeah. So this would make sense it's that we're going to do something, and... um. This does one of those, which I really honestly appreciated. A lot of the AXE books, not all of them, but a lot of them, if you look at that credits page, you know there's like that little summary section. Mm -hmm. Check the bottoms of those because they often tell you where this falls. Mm -hmm. So this one says, note, this issue takes place after AXE Judgment Day number three. Okay. So it's trying to explain to me, hey, like even though it's coming out now, right? and you're like, but Wolverine's here, <laughs> don't worry it doesn't take because we know that. yes we know that and it's okay and i was like that's cool yeah that's a that's an old <laughs> comic book uh, thing that you don't see very often anymore and i yeah. do appreciate them like actually dusting that off a little bit yeah but um yes this kind of wrap that up wolverine gets to be wolverine in this you know it, it's that version of wolverine that's like i'm a badass and and like you know I'm a, a sad warrior i'm a sad warrior but i'm also just you know like i'll oh, just throw me out all i want to do is punch but then also utilizes his like humanity yeah to solve a problem without knowing that, that he's going to solve the problem right right um and also solemn leaves solemn yeah. leaves yeah he goes to hell good he, he, <laughs> willingly oh he's like i'm gonna go bye okay bye um and um if you if you're wondering how wolverine is judged could you guess <laughs> but i bet you can't oh he gets the thumbs up what and he is really mad about it he yells mm. at like the celestial or the progenitor he's mm -hmm. like He's like, I don't deserve it. No, not me. Come back and fight me. Right. And it's just gone. <laughs> so I, I like this issue quite a bit. Um, it is not at all, in my opinion, required reading for AXE, but it's just a fun Wolverine issue. Yeah. So yeah, t 10 out of 10. Good, good times. <laughs> um, good times with Wolverine. I, maybe 9 out of 10. Um, but along those lines with books that are just their books, but then with the AXE title on it, because that's like kind of our two categories. Yeah. 
really there's kind of three categories <laughs> well because i want to say like there are there's books. x-men eternals well you know. no 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 i say there are three types of categories for this axe event well uh, that are not the main book so if you're looking at times i think there's three types there's the ones that are axe insert title okay. whether that be death to mutants x-men eternals right? right those are all written by kieran gillen and i'll hold a little bit more weight right like those are required reading you might say maybe it depends because i read the eternals one and i think that's required reading if you're an eternals fan right um then there's the uh axe titles that are x-men adjacent to me those are a little more tend to be a little more tied into everything okay um that said not all of them right like i, I think that's its own category and then there are the other books where it's like spider-man fantastic four Captain marvel like, like they're, they're involved. utterly dispensable well maybe and maybe not it depends like but they're involved because this isn't just supposed to be about x-men and eternals it's supposed to be it's a world problem so hey, yeah we gotta show that as well so like, you get a couple of different levels of tie-ins here uh for me i like kieran gillen's writing so mm -hmm. like all the kieran gillen written books are like required reading for me sure because i'm just like i just want as much yeah. as possible How are you gonna do this on back issues Dude, I was thinking about that one today. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking about how they're going to collect it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, how are you going to do this book? I assume you're just going to do the main book. And then if they have questions, just go down that rabbit hole um, and then be like, all right. There's yes and no. I, I think it's going to be just, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'll have to do Eternals that is first. so funny that you mentioned that because i literally was thinking about that as i was reading it today yeah. and i was like well i, I probably bring this up but yeah. maybe not that um but along those lines i also want to point out i read a book that um someone was like you, you got to read this if you've got time and i and i made time folks i made time for this one um <laughs> so don't say don't say i will pay attention i do pay attention mm -hmm. when you guys make wrecks um but like it was like it was like i wasn't sure i was gonna make it and then i didn't make this in there but i read captain marvel number 42 today because it was judgment day tie-in and i gotta tell you um the the summary page for this definitely helped me out but the fact was like you did not need to know anything about uh captain marvel by uh kelly thompson with art by andrea devito um to enjoy this book because okay. it is just hey Captain Marvel's doing some stuff, and I probably would have known what that stuff was had I read the issue before that, but sure. all I need to know is Captain Marvel's doing some stuff. She is being judged, as well as uh, Lori L, her, okay. like, half-sister. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Um, Which, they put that in there, because this book assumes... You've never read any Captain Marvel. Yeah, which well, that's like, what a judgment, that's what a tie-in should do. It's it, like, this is, it's, hey, hey, welcome to my, you probably don't read Captain Marvel. Yeah. Welcome to the book. Would you like to to maybe read some more Captain Marvel? Because this was fun, admittedly. Yeah. So this was this was a little trial, I think. Well, you like people. Kelly Thompson? She wrote I the do. Deadpool series, which you I enjoyed, do. which was uh, sadly canceled. Yeah. So this book, they're both being um, judged. That is not the main focus of this book, mm. and that is why this book was recommended for me. Okay. Chewie is the main focus. Of ah, this book. the cat alien. Yes. <laughs> which I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, accurate. Whoever said you should read this, Tiffany? you the real MVP <laughs> um, because that's literally what it is. It's uh, Chewy sees Captain Marvel as the judger as the, yeah, as or the, the progenitor. progenitor yeah. Um, and uh, does like cat things like it's, it's adorable, mm -hmm. you know, and like, you know, he goes to kill a mouse and the progenitor is like thumbs down. And then it lets it go. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. but why does it? Why, why is the progenitor so fickle? Like, I take measure of your life, not like what you're doing because you know you're watching. Because different writers are writing this right now. You're, this one is just like a very light, fun issue. Like, if you're like, oh my gosh, there's just too much. It's too heavy. Yeah. Right now, this is kind of fun. This like, is just fun. You're watching a cat be judged, and then you proceed to watch the apartment building that they live in, and like all these different rooms that are there, and watch Chewie utilize his teleporting ability 
to or her teleporting ability to go from place to place and actually help each room and it's really well done it's really sweet like there's like three guys like watching the fight outside without paying attention to how close the fight is Mm -hmm. and like chewy goes there and like kind of like pseudo attacks them so they Mm -hmm. get out of the way of like a huge tire that comes through their their room and uh in another building there's a little girl in the tub and she's really scared and like and like sad and like like she's not alone her mom's in the other room but like she's just she doesn't know what to do right and she shows up and just like comforts her yeah no and like it's just, it's just well done so if you can imagine Chewie gets a thumbs up. Yay. Good for the cat. <laughs> they all get a thumbs up, but Chewie gets a thumbs up and walks away just as a cat like, mm-hmm. could. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's, yeah great. it's good. Yes, good for g- me. You can give a thumbs up to my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a cute book, and I appreciate that clearly uh, Thompson was like, hey, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to maybe sell a couple more Captain Marvel uh, books to some folks. To maybe. some cat fans. Yeah, to some cat fans for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, uh, AXE, not AXE, this, it is an AXE book, but it's Legion of X came out this week mm-hmm. uh that's an axe tie-in as well they're all axe tie-ins guys i'm sorry right now we're, 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 <laughs> we're two in axe world we're two weeks away from um yeah. well it's not even two weeks it's like this week and then the next week is when it's coming out yes like, so they're just trying to get in as much as possible right, right now so if it feels like it's an overwhelming amount it's just it, it is mm-hmm. uh, it's written by Cypher with art by uh rafael uh pimentel mm-hmm. and uh, i gotta tell you like this was a great week for me because mm. there was like Four, three or four um kieran gillen books and, then, and, a, and a size barrier and a book and an al ewing book and i'm like mm-hmm. these are your guys yes thank you all it's like my own little british invasion uh, <laughs> <laughs> and i love it uh this was the issue that i was super excited about because this was the issue that we were going to see what happened with uh legion david and yes. uranos and this is one of those books where guys we're okay what issue of acts we left off on like five yeah this issue does again that thing at the very beginning where it says this issue is best experienced reading <laughs> AXE Judgment like Day and X Men Red or yeah best after reading those so if you read Judgment Day one and X Men Red number five and six that's when you good. can read this okay. that, that's all you need which I was like dope well well <laughs> done editors thank you um, so yeah this is just literally like catching us up to kind of what happened a little bit where yeah. it's just like hey. You know, David is being judged. Mm-hmm. Like the progenitor shows up and he's like, oh, cool. Hey, let me tell you a little story. And the story is what happened with Euronos. Okay. And it's it's really well done. And it's uh, it's Cy Sprayer, guys. So, like, is there going to be some epic action in here and some fighting? Yes. Are you going to see a knockdown drag out fight between Legion and Euronos like you might have been hoping for? No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. But, like, when you don't get it, the reason you don't get it is so correct yeah that you're like yeah can't always get what you want sometimes you get what you need yeah right um no essentially david and uranus realize that they're too evenly matched and so then they have like almost a battle in the mind right but not really it's just like a a battle of potential outcomes sure where it's like they try all different things and it reminded me a little bit of ten of swords where it's like they've got it there's like a dance fight yeah like an actual fight Mm -hmm. and like there's all these different things and at the end of the day like nothing would actually fix anything right and instead of like it ending in them both dying it would basically end in them, the world dying no it would end in them being undone oh okay and you're also like let's not do that okay um while it's all going on though really this is not only like a great issue about like hey legion is come a long way and like yeah. let's let's check in with david and like how he's handling all of this right and like the fact that he his dad was judged mm-hmm. poorly right by him yeah 
And um, so, you know, David wants to be seen as a leader and, and all of that. It's also an opportunity to, to um, show that uh, Sysbury really likes Nightcrawler. <laughs> like he like thinks he's a good guy. Yeah. And so um, while David is takes Euronos off the field, it's really to buy Nightcrawler some time so that he can try to um, evacuate as many people as possible. Okay. And so Nightcrawler is like going at like, a, a, a speed and a pace that will inevitably kill him. Right. So that kind of thing. He'll with, burn out his body with David, like feeding him additional, like whatever little energy he can spare mm-hmm. to help boost him. Cool. Um, so he's able to go further and farther and, and harder. Nice. And like, inevitably he finds a whole bunch of people and like, they're all together. And he's like, everyone has to hold hands. Mm-hmm. And then he bamps all of them at once. That's awesome. Into the mindscape of David. Oh, David's like, now we didn't talk about that, <laughs> but I'm going to have to let this one slide. For sure. Right now yeah. Because like, that's what he's got to do. Exactly. Which is the other reason David's like, I can't fight to the death. <laughs> right. I have all these people. Yeah. Yeah. With me. I can't die. Um, but it's very like heady, this, this issue, mm-hmm. but it also has a good bit of action and a lot of good emotion and heart for um, David. Good. Um, David ends up, Uranus gets the, um, once over on David uh, because David is distracted by trying to help Nightcrawler. Yeah. And so he's able to get glean a bit of information about he and his dad, mm. which triggers him to throw a punch and Uranus gets the better of him. But that's mm-hmm. okay because Banshee, who has now become the minion of that god. Oh, yeah. Her the mother god, righteous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, he saves him because he's like, you're not supposed to die here. Right. Because there's someone else of a greater power than you, Uranus, looking out for this one. So mm. he gets him out of there. Um, and uh he meets up with Magneto, and Magneto at this point is hole in the chest Magneto, yeah. which is why you have to read X-Men Red Five and Six to understand what's going on. And that like Uranus, this, this is the time right before Magneto and Storm go to kill Uranus. Yes. And David's like, I want to go with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanna I want to be yeah. there. And uh, he's like, no. <clears throat> and, and David essentially is like, oh, you don't trust me? And he's like, no. Actually, like, when I first saw you, I, I mentioned it was all about trust and blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, we need someone here who can, like, take down the rest of his, the uh, rest of the armory mm. that um, Uranus left behind. We need someone that can handle all of it at once. Yeah. He's like, so what I'm saying is I trust you. Oh, uh, okay. And he's like, <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Magnus. Yeah, he basically is like, all I've wanted was like that approval. Right. And he's like, like, well, listen, when you went back in time and murdered Charles, you kept me alive and I got to have sex with Rogue. So I owe you one. Right. So <laughs> you, you okay in my book. <laughs> no, he's like, he, he says like, finally, I made someone proud. Oh, And I was wow, like, oh. Damn. And then he knows, he knows that like Magneto died and he's like, and he becomes angry about that for a number of reasons. But one of which is that he envies that he got the hero's death mm. that he wanted. Yeah. And so that's what he's talking to the um, progenitor about. By the way, there's a really dope page because, like, these there's a couple of books you're really doing with Magneto's death, which I appreciate because it's kind of a, mo- a monumental thing because Magneto's not coming back. Right, he's coming back. Right, but like, for right now, he's <laughs> but not. he doesn't think he's coming back. He doesn't think he's coming back, and there are actual conversations in this about him not coming back. Yeah. Um. But uh. <laughs> Yay, I want Thorn to write one. <laughs> I do. I do. I'll read it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, but there's a great just page that they just used to a black background, and all it says is Magneto was right. And I really like the way it's put. Yeah. I just I just I this page struck me. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh. Yeah. It shook me. It's good I, use of I that. was shook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just dope because the like essentially at the end of the day, um, 
he talks about or david talks about how you know at, like when the dust settles like after this whole thing there's memorials and like graffiti and t-shirts oh, about sure. like magneto was right like oh yeah he's gonna be like a that. martyr now yeah yeah and he's like but well, there's no coming back for him because like because it's his wish because he doesn't want to be resurrected yeah and so like they're gonna honor that and like i wanted that that's what i, I wanted they should have. leave him dead until apocalypse returns i yeah no i agree um but then he realizes that like while he's mourning him his father's also mourning him mm -hmm. and uh, the progenitor gives him the thumbs up nice and i was like that's i nice. love that he got the thumbs up and his, and dad. his father did yes yeah, so i was that like this just that's just size burrier for you yeah. there guys this solid solid issue like size firing on all cylinders for me with yeah. this book like i said it gets a little heady sometimes um when you're thinking about how they're having this fight but like it's just a, it's just a solid story yeah. it's a solid story with a lot of magneto uh, love and a lot of nightcrawler love in this because <laughs> like david's just like look at him yeah like this, he's incredible right like all he cares about is saving people yeah it's just so good yeah like, it's, it's just it's just incredible just nice. such a great book um, do you want me to do one more? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, along the lines of books that are not a AXE colon thing, mm -hmm. um, Immortal X-Men came out. Yes. Which is written by Kieran Gillen. <laughs> <laughs> this is Immortal X-Men number seven written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Wernick. Mm -hmm. um, you remember how I was saying there's a lot of Nightcrawler love coming around? Yeah. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> if you love nightcrawler this is your time this is your time apparently because even though like nightcrawler hasn't played a huge role in the main book in the most recent issue he had a plan and um he they're executing said plan mm -hmm. he is a monumental part of said plan <laughs> and uh, we get to find out what that plan is okay in this book all right and um i gotta tell you i loved this issue so much it made me more of a nightcrawler fan than i was ever that's good like i know i i i know enough about kurt and i like him and i like you know i like his compassion for people and like his desire to do the right thing and him being like a moral compass yeah um but for some reason this book just i was like oh <laughs> oh i think i get why people love people nightcrawler. love nightcrawler um just seeing him through kieran gillen's eyes yeah um so essentially this is this is the nightcrawler issue where it's like hey night what, what what's nightcrawler's big plan here um it's you know it's nightcrawler i think nightcrawler's even um narrating this one where he's just like i'm an optimist <laughs> like even in the face of like utter, utter annihilation yeah i'm i'm an optimist you know um they he's at the um he's in Krakoa. They're all talking about what to do. It's like during that time where they weren't being attacked, but like the shit has hit the fan right. and Magneto is dead. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are we gonna do? It's right before they make their big plan, right? <clears throat> yeah. And uh, a bunch of people have several ideas. They notice that Irene is is quiet, right? And like she's too afraid to say anything at this point. Oh my god! Like no, because like the future, she doesn't know what to do. Well, sure, yeah. Like so, she's like just petrified. Um, that's about the time that like we get judged. Mm -hmm. So oh boy, right? Yep. So what are we going to do? Uh, um, at that point, uh, Sinister shows up and is like, I've got an idea. Like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Magneto said, like, let's not clone him. Right. Let's not bring him back. But, like, what if instead we just brought as many as possible and just sent them all at the <laughs> Right, just throw all the Magnetos at the Just make a football team-sized amount of Magnetos and just, just, well, what would happen? Yeah. What would you, who knows? I would like to see that. I don't. <laughs> 
but like and that's a point where kurt thinks to himself maybe we don't deserve to be saved right yeah like if we're, if we're thinking if we're of, just thinking about like violating this person not only their wishes but like their their identity yeah so um the council's dismissed and uh kurt sees mystique and destiny together and mm-hmm. he's like okay evil stepmom let's go and he bamps her away mm-hmm. basically threatens that he's going to kill her he's she's like you're not going to and he's like yeah but i wanted you to to know what it feels like to like think the end is coming and have to be saved by someone else's gifts Mm. because now is your time to save us with your gifts how do we do this right like what what's the what's the what's the plan here yeah and she's like i it's so narrow and uncertain she's afraid to walk that line to Mm -hmm. find out and he's like i'm going with you come on let's do this sure let's let's do it um and so he gets the plan and that plan includes going to get Captain America. Right. Mm-hmm. And being like, remember there's that handshake where he's like, come on cap, let's go. And then yeah. he takes him to the progenitor. Right. Who destroys him. Yes. Um, so we see Kurt doing all of that. We see Kurt come back and here is what I love about this issue in particular is the way the details that Gillen puts in. What's important about Kurt coming back is that when Kurt comes back, he needed Charles to do something that they don't allow to have happen, right? right? Which is not just bring back Captain America, which is they typically don't um, live back up to the point of death because they didn't want you to feel that yeah. or go through it. He's like, I need you to do that because I can't, I don't have time to relearn things that I might've learned. Yeah. And so he's like, when Kurt comes back, he's like, we all say like we're going through resurrection and coming back from the death, but like none of us remember it when we do, but I do now. So yeah. I will carry that with me forever. Mm. I'm like, He's That's like, cool. I know the feeling of being like annihilated. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's like, but that's okay. Cause I got to go now. Yeah. Like we, we, we got it. We got, we got big doings going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have hope. Um, remember the plan is that we need to make a big show of it. Like a whole bunch of heroes need to go and they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then we know the progenitor is going to come for Krakoa. Yeah. And, folk need to be here or they're going to seem like it's going to seem like it's fake. And again, this is just Gillen's strength of writing in my opinion that like he was able to give me chills with this moment where like hope has to come before Krakoa and say, listen, we need volunteers and I'm going to work my hardest to get you back as fast as possible. If there is a tomorrow, right. But we need people to stay here as after we evacuate you. And He's like, it's not a miracle. It's not like every hand goes up, but it's more than one in 10, which is what they asked for. And mm. like, you just see this sea of hands up. Yeah. People who are willing to stay behind and, and die. Right. For this cause. That's awesome. Um, Egg has remained behind. Yeah. Um, he's the only one of the five that is technically expendable. Expendable. Because he can make other eggs can, ahead of time. He can pre-make eggs and the others can't pre-use their gifts. Right. Yeah. And so he has to stay behind. He kind of hates that. Yeah. Like he hates that. Like it's always has to be him. Mm-hmm. And then Sinister makes a joke where he's just like, well, you got to break some eggs. <laughs> and that sends Kurt into a rage. Yeah. And he's like, don't. Right. Don't. I swear. Uh, Destiny has to stay behind as well. Good. Because for this to work, mm-hmm. he has to see that the person who can see the future. Right. Didn't leave. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, ah, that's great. And hey, they cannot resurrect her. <laughs> Since it was a, a, a real shit together to make her not, you know what I mean? To get her back. Yeah. It's like, no, you know what? You you got a freebie. Yeah. This issue also, there's like a little like kind of a dangling thread here where mm-hmm. it's like, why doesn't Sinister just kill a Moira clone? Yeah. 
he goes back there it's not nothing works for some reason okay so like he tries to have all of his information be saved and backed up so the next clone will know what to do right it doesn't work yeah he's like screw it i'll just kill her anyway his gun won't work something is stopping it from happening mm. i'm like okay like a kind of like, like like the the paradox of going back in time there's a theory that like if you go back in time to try and kill like your grandfather before you're born before, yeah. before, your, before your parents are born that like causality will stop you like <clears throat> it's not enough that like you can't well it's like the gun will misfire you're you know like you'll be hit by a bus like things will get out of the in, it, in the way it could also indicate that maybe this isn't really happening mm -hmm. and that this is all the big test yeah like much like it did before right i don't know i don't know what this indicates but i just love that he was like gillen's like i didn't forget yeah i didn't forget i know that this is here of course they bring back captain america of course uh exodus has a real problem with this this is very much expanding on issue five guys so if you liked issue five and you want to know more about this like, was what's the coming, issue yeah. to read so if you at this at, when we're all done if you want to go pick up a more like this is going to expand upon that right um he's got a real problem with hope doing this he's like she's like if i'm supposed to be your messiah you right. need to have some faith in exactly me. and he's like oh, oh no that's what i'm all about he's like, don't say that that's mean um the other thing that they did was kurt brought back or kurt asked to have a whole bunch of eggs for him mm -hmm. and exodus is like that's a big waste mm -hmm. and he's like no and <laughs> no inevitably we go into like like exodus like thinking about it apparently where he's like or it's like he thought it was a major waste of eggs until like he watched the fervor with which nightcrawler came back each time because you're like wait what mm -hmm. so essentially nightcrawler went up to where nimrod and moira are mm. because they he's come to the realization that the world ai yeah is um is is an ai and oh. so they need someone to help protect it because obviously inevitably the progenitor is going to come for it mm -hmm. as we know the the earth has been trying to fend it off the ai is a cheeky yeah kieran gillen written <laughs> character character um and so they need some ai experts to help do some additional like internet security essentially for it mm -hmm. um and so he's like well we need moira and nimrod to do that mm -hmm. or at least moira right yeah. i don't know so uh he has been utilizing his deaths to get close enough to get her mm. um it only takes him seven deaths <laughs> okay she's like i like i don't understand why you didn't just message me he's like because you wouldn't have believed me but now that you've seen how many times i was willing to die for this yeah and again this is one of those where like xavier had to live back him up as he was doing this yeah. so kurt remembers all of these deaths sure um and so yeah they recruit them and they're like okay let's do this so he's bringing his team back okay so like maybe they'll fix this maybe this whole event I, can be a way to fix i don't know up. this this issue was excellent Yay. but like intrinsically tied to judgment day so like if as much as immortal x-men <clears throat> has been very much you know about other element like destiny and such of yeah yeah, yeah. of krakoa right now um those characters are here but this is very much about axe yes yeah, yeah and i mean that's 
Right. But also it's doing some heavy lifting for the X-Men for Kroko- for the Krakoa era of X-Men. It definitely is. I and like I said, like this is just it feels like Gillen's like, I really like Nightcrawler. <laughs> like, let's let's give him a little spotlight yeah. issue. I thought when you said you were going to make more Nightcrawlers that it was like, I'm going to send seven Nightcrawlers after. Like, no, no, no. Like, I, I like that. You know what? You're an asshole, Sinister, but I like that idea. How about make a bunch of me's? No, no, no. He just knew he would need enough of these bodies. So it's right. like the first one oh, that's he cool. got there and he's like, he found out where they were. Right. And then the next one he immediately died and then he realized he needed to do this instead mm-hmm. so it was like he's using all these different yeah learned experiences yep. to get to where he needs to be yeah so it's a great great issue awesome great issue yay uh really quick we we'll jump to some i think chats. you should uh, i'm gonna eat some snacks all right matthew chalaga says so we all agree that harrison ford is gonna totally phone in his performance as general ross absolutely yeah that's the big news harrison ford is joining the mcu as the replacement for william hurt as general thunderbolt ross in the upcoming thunderbolts movie and of course in the greater mcu uh, that's great. Uh, I love when people replace actors with 80 year olds who have no interest in being in uh, franchise movies. You mean uh, he's not going to become a Red Hulk? Right. Like, oh, yeah, you know, he is. No, that's why they cast him. So they can do Red Hulk. There's no way they're not going to do that. What? You think so? Yeah. 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 It's just because for Harrison Ford, he's like, well, fuck it. I mean, you know, I'll voice him, I guess. If But like, then I don't have to be there. Like, I'll be General strong. Ross for like a minute and then they'll like jab me or hit me with a bomb or whatever. And then and then it's just a CG face. And I can sit in a booth. Well, admittedly, I guess if you're going to keep um, Ruffalo. Yeah. He's not super young. No, but he ain't Harrison Ford. No, but you need someone who's older than Harrison, than Ruffalo. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't know. Like, maybe someone a little less weary. Uh, Denial says, I have to give the FF issue credit. It's been a minute since I enjoyed the entire cast. Slot really did Johnny wrong in his run. He did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Garrett Nelson. Hey, I'm finally able to catch y'all live. Take some money so I can support my favorite creators while I'm down with the COVID. Uh, Garrett, hope you have a speedy and uneventful recovery. Thank you very much for your support, man. And uh, take it easy with yourself. Uh, Memento Mori. Thank you, Comic Pop, for making mainstream comics more accessible. I hope to someday see the current Moon Knight run on back issues or GBU. Oh, you will, I think. Yeah, no, Uh, I I think we should do that. I like. Yeah, you like it enough. I like I think it quite a bit. It. And yeah. thank you, Memento Mori, for your support and for saying that. That's very nice. I, I'm, I hope we are doing some kind of service. Yeah. Uh, Max M. Words cannot express how happy I am to see Craven just living it up during AXE. He has a real potential as a larger Marvel Universe villain. I agree. And, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, why not? You know what? Give Craven something to do. And because I think he's outgrown being a Spider-Man villain at this point. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, like we're not, we're, as far as Spider-Man goes, I'm like, he's dead. So just make him something else. Uh, Danby 900 speaking of the thing last Wednesday I saw a double feature of the thing and they live in a theater for the first time it was disheartening during the thing to hear Gen Z people laughing for no reason um, they clearly never saw it before and we're laughing at the moments like Blair looking at the computer and seeing the simulation among others they su- that sucked uh, the simulation is silly like <laughs> it is silly but like I'll take that over them laughing at performances or effects yeah you know, yeah. and, and also laughter in horror movies is not unwelcome. It's actually a great tension reliever. And yes. it's, a, it's, it's a good indication that people are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, that's very true. And if nothing else, it just means they don't get it. Yeah. So no. fuck them. Very <laughs> far. Uh, thanks, Sal, for introducing me to the Max. I only watched the show due to you saying the comic falling apart at the end. Tiff's hat stays. Tim's Tiff's hat game stays strong. I yeah. agree. Yeah. No, man. The show is way better than the comic books. And the, and the show is the comic book like you should read the comic book because it's beautiful and incredible but like it, it's it stops and they rewrote it like the, the the ending of the max cartoon is not in any way an adaptation of the comic book um it's just an ending for the show which is 
so welcome. The Fodderbox Kid. Hey, yo, guys. Hope it's going well. I just got some character sketches done for my superhero comic I've been working on. Hoping to see you guys talk about it on the channel one day as a kid can dream. <laughs> well, thank you, Fodder Kid Box. Good, uh, Fodderbox Kid. Good luck to you. Yes. Hopefully it works out. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Uh, you know, send it our way. Ali Elziati. Uh, hey, Sal and Tiffany. Hope you're well. I was curious if you heard about that V from V for Vendetta was introduced in the Alfred show for some reason. Mm -hmm. Very weird. So I thought I'd share. Take care. It is weird. We did hear about it. Yeah. Um, super dumb. And uh, I think it's done wholly for spite. Like, I don't think anybody thought that was like a fun idea. Just I think Alan Moore spite. Yeah, I think somebody thought it'd be funny to piss off Alan Moore more because there's no way he doesn't know about it. But yeah, uh, Jorge Martinez, co uh, co Great seeing y'all at NYCC. Hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us. It was your, your conversation meant a lot to me. Uh, young Goku over 9,000. Wow. So that's what Rosenberg looks like. Nice. Yeah, he does look nice, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> big thanks to Matt Rosenberg for being on the show, by the way. Uh, Danby 900. I second the Namor conquered Shores wreck. It said 100 years in the future. I think it has, uh, it's more like an Elseworlds than a what if. Popular Raz does a cover. Cool. The yeah. future. The future for Namor. <laughs> Freaking Namor, man. Uh, breaking news, says Danby 900 from THR. Matt Reeves is meeting with writers and directors to build out movies. Yes, movies, not series. Focus on Batman's rogues gallery, most established and most and more obscure uh, with characters ranging from Scarecrow to Clayface to Professor Pig. If they really do a version of Clayface, that's awesome. Uh, it'll be a it'll, which one? Yeah, it, it'll it'll be a character that can't change his face. You know, it'll be a it'll be like a you know it'll be like Silence of the Lambs. It won't be like a it won't be like Matt Hagen from the co from the cartoon. Well, they, I think because Reeves wants it to be more grounded and more real, and it's like no, it'll be, it'll be like the first Clayface though. Yes, which sucks. So great, <laughs> he'll be like Vincent if, Price with a knife. Maybe he can make a little man. Yeah, he'll make a little man, a little, a little, <laughs> little, little crap man. Uh, actually, it wasn't Vincent Price; it was Boris Karloff. But yeah, uh, Danny Ali, thank you very much for your support, man. Thank um, you. Yeah, I don't care about them making villain movies. I don't care about that. Ray Far, Alan Moore will curse Alfred showrunners. Uh, yeah, exactly. He'll he'll go into his magic cave and he'll he'll do some he'll do some cursing. Um, I think we caught up with everybody, but uh, yeah, so let's move on. Uh, <clears throat> I read Daredevil number four. Hooray! Uh, it's from uh, Chip Zdarsky and Rafael De La Torre. Hey, look, they've got cold weather gear. They do because they go. They're like they're like south of Russia. Um, yeah, it's a good series. Um, I I hate the reboot. Like, I hate the fact that they, like, rebooted it because it's like, this is an issue four, man. You're just confusing people. Because, like, the run is starts at it in 2018. You know, there was already a Daredevil 4, like, two years ago. Come on. It's so frustrating. Um, the book is great. It's well-written. Uh, De La Torre's art is good. Uh, services the story well. Um, it's Chichetto off. I think Chichetto is, is, is just doing covers and, diff and, and like, their, his own arcs. Like, I think... You know, they're like Chichetto is drawing the book ahead of time in okay. other things. Like I think Chichetto needs time to to draw. Sure, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, it's fun. You know, um, new status quo for Daredevil, new status quo for Electra Daredevil. You know, they're they they're they're training. I don't know. I don't really care for like the mystical Daredevil stuff um, myself. I'd rather watch him just be like a tortured Catholic in Hell's Kitchen. But every Daredevil run has to do something different and something uh you know upsetting and i don't mean like upsetting to the reader but upsetting to the status quo uh and then it'll go back it always goes back um but uh, the new design for 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 like a a mountain you know locale daredevil with a big beard i'm excited he look he's gonna look great 
Um, spelunking daredevil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's more like mountain climbing and that is, you know, but oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's not what spelunking. No, but uh, but Matt and Electra basically get married in this book under the auspices of the of of the fist, and I'm like, sure, you know, Matt's so Matt's guilty of polygamy now. Um, <gasps> it's fine. It's I'm enjoying it, but it's like he's got to have some kind. Of I deal. didn't sign on for this, but I think that it's going to. I trust Zadarsky has proven that it's going to go into a dope place. And so I'm excited about it. All the Frank Castle stuff is done poorly, unfortunately, like not poorly, less exciting than it could be. Okay. You know, like Matt finding out that Frank is in charge of the hand should have been more exciting. Matt telling the fist that Frank is in charge of the hand should have been a lot more like grounding and interesting. Mm. Um, That said, I know it's going to go in interesting places and I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. So it's good. But it's not why I loved this run. Mm, okay. So, you know. Um, what was it? Uh, Mo says, how come Marvel's okay with recasting Thunderbolt Ross but not T'Challa? Uh, because Thunderbolt Ross means nothing to anybody and T'Challa was an icon to millions and uh, Chadwick Boseman meant a lot to a lot of people and uh, Boseman's T'Challa was clearly going to be the, the Tony Stark of the MCU and they had to completely reset and refocus and they didn't know what to do with that and so they're completely effed um, th- there was a lot of reasons for it respect is one but the other is just just planning and so they, they the, I, I think they will inevitably recast T'Challa but I don't think that uh, I, I don't think they felt they were in a position to do that at this point um, and Thunderbolt Raw is one of those things where it's like you could have just killed a Thunderbolt Raw. Nobody cares. Hmm. Except that he is a Red Hulk. And I and like they I guess they want to do that. Right. And maybe there's some kind of legal thing where it's like, oh, we can't make Hulk movies, but we can make Red Hulk movies. I don't know. Oh. I doubt it. But uh yeah, it, it's it's fine. <clears throat> uh what else did you read? Oh, uh I read let's talk about the XE issues. Ooh, sure. punch the mic slightly, just mm-hmm. ever so gently. Yeah. I just hit you guys. Uh, AXE Eternals number one came out this week, uh, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Pascal Ferry. Pas- um, yes, Pascal Ferry, you're right. How'd you get that so fast? It was on the screen. Um, so listen, guys, Pascal Ferry, I think, did uh, the uh, Spider Shadow book. Oh, that explains where I've seen this art before. How do you like the colors? Did they screw him up again? I'm not a fan. Okay. I wasn't a huge fan of the art. You just don't book. like Pascal Ferry? I just don't. And that's okay. It's not, it's it's fine. It's just whatever. Yeah. Um, doesn't take away from Gillen's writing. <clears throat> um, if you're not a fan of Eternals, this <laughs> is literally not the book for you. Right. That's all I, that's really the key takeaway mm-hmm. for me. Um, it's <clears throat> like Gillen loves writing for the Eternals and was like, let let's me, do another one. Let's do some more. Let's write some more for the Eternals. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do that. I'm fine with that. According to this, it's the third and final story arc critical axe one shot. So I I do see a lot of those critical axe one shot things. Now, mm-hmm. maybe that's because of the fact that um Ajax is um going is is about to be judged, basically tells the progenitor, like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. Is in, like they talk about free will and all that yeah and uh it, he says that like in the final moments <clears throat> like she will have complete free will okay to decide what she wants to do mm. which she's never had before oh in that way you know what i mean yeah They've that's always true had the protocols right yeah so you know that's really the key takeaway for me okay. i think was this um this was great for me mm-hmm. because i did enjoy his eternals run um yeah but like 
it's not essential. I do, well, I don't know yet. Oh. I won't know until AIC six until like something comes up. People are like, "Where did this come from?" I'm like, "Oh, that was in that Eternals thing <laughs> that I bet nobody read." Oops. Yeah. Um, but I did read it again because I liked his Eternals run. Uh, it, it's not that it's not well written. It's just I know that yeah. Eternals is not everyone's favorite. No. You see Ajax go through the ringer, and it's like if you don't know who Ajax is, it's like mm. Mm. you also kind of get the vibe of what happened with Cersei and why she got the thumbs down. Yeah. So that's AXE Eternals one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to talk about AXE Death to Mutants? Why not? This one I felt was a little more important for sure. This one I I uh really really enjoyed if mm-hmm. you could imagine it's written by kieran gillen with <laughs> 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 art by uh Gio, Gio, villanova okay um yeah this is dope <laughs> end of story okay um this is number three for this set of things where it's like hey there's a lot again there's a little more like support as to what's going on like a little more from the eternal side mm-hmm it's like Star Fox is in charge of things. You know, we know now know that he's prime eternal and it's like, oh, what, what's he up to? And he's like, well, we tried the love thing. So now we got to try the other thing where we like attack folk. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the book that had um, the Mimotar that one of the big hexes who was like learning about poetry. And yeah. Communicating with that girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of important to remember uh, in this um, Cersei and during the assault where they're like, you know, where the X-Men have yes. control over yeah, they're using the, their the Eternals. Yeah, and yeah. So, and like all of the Hex are controlled by um, Emma and the girls. Right. The uh, cuckoos. Yeah. yeah, the cuckoos. That like, they they fall back, right? Like Cersei like tells Stark that he has to tell everyone to fall back because it's obviously, it's not working out. Really, it was not meant to work, but like it's, it's a shit show, right? Yeah. And so Icarus is like, I'm not going to because i i can't like i'm an i'm an arrow and i can't change my path Mm -hmm. and so like he goes to attack the celestial and it just destroys him right right (laughs) um do you remember that uh icarus's one like ask of the celestial was to like stop resurrecting yeah so that's that it destroys the resurrection chambers yeah okay and so I'm like, holy crap, this... Uh, now, holy crap! This is going to be a oh, major upset for the Eternal status quo! All ten people who really care about the Eternals are going to be really upset that they can't come back because I was like, oh my god! Right, and you're like, oh, I'm alone in this like excitement. Yeah, I was like, damn! Yeah, what an upset. This is a real this is a real status quo shift, and it's like, oh, like, who cares? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I the, care! The Mimotar you know. was being brought back uh, and somehow was able to survive. Yeah, it. it was like in the midst of coming back, so mm-hmm. it, it's able to leave. Um, the progenitor is essentially like, "Hey, mm-hmm. like world machine, get right. with it. It's yeah. time, time to blow up." Yeah, uh-huh. she's like, <laughs> "No, no, no, I don't, don't want to do that." Like, no. Um, inevitably, the world machine basically gives a "come at me, bro." Mm-hmm. This is the second mention this week of in comics mm-hmm. related to this event where that phrase comes up yeah because legion when talking to uranus has a moment where he's like how do how do you start this volley like we just stand there and look at each other yeah like for a moment i think to myself maybe i should just say come at me bro <laughs> and i'm like what, you, what is this what? so he wrote them both in the same day no it's two different people it's spurrier and gillen oh yeah maybe they were uh conferencing about you know? come at me bro yeah um the world machine knows that like the celestial is coming for it and so like it takes its staff and like 
it takes its staff run drives it into the earth uh-huh. um which is basically attempting to infect the world machine with it itself. Oh, okay. um fastos is like hey i know you guys have this whole big plan going on where you're going to go in there and like push it's like secret button kill switch thing mm-hmm. the problem is is that like it's going to get to the world machine before we get there and then like it's game over man right game over uh-oh um so they need to get in there like faustus has faustus has an idea mm-hmm. it's got like like one move left <laughs> and um <laughs> it's in fact the dixie twist no so mm-hmm. he goes to lamaria where he's able to get like bypass some of the world machines um defenses defenses so they can get in to help it mm-hmm. the world machine knows it's coming so it's like oh okay yeah like hang on like yeah watch out for this do that okay yeah great awesome we're getting there mm-hmm. meanwhile the mimitar comes back and has this moment where it's just like okay like i am not quite whole mm-hmm. um but like all of my like siblings yeah the other hex are gone and it tries to reach out to that girl and like it does she doesn't respond oh no and he's like like she must be dead as well yeah. but like he tries to pretend like it's not and so at that point the mimotar decides to go find exodus mm-hmm. who killed it in the first place and right. exodus is like okay let's do it i'm gonna kill you again he's like well hang on <laughs> and they start like saying poetry at each other mm. and exodus is like are you okay like, right are you cool like are we doing this are you yeah. and i gonna go kill a celestial so like they're gonna have a team up presumably. okay i'm like all right team up's happening yeah Pasto skims to the world machine and like part of the plan was that like he's going to help to strengthen like to fix the world machine and then um nightcrawl is going to bring in his team okay. which we, now we know who the team is i read this first i was like who's the team and then right. i read the other one i was like oh Ooh, that's the team that they were talking about team. <laughs> what are you doing kurt mm-hmm. so um Faustus makes his way in and um like there's a really nice moment between like Faustus and the world machine and uh it but like the the progenitor's coming for him right. so fast just uh hits the reset button oh no because what it'll do is it'll sever all the links between it and the and the progenitor and give them more time to set up other security measures by mora and um nimrod yeah but when it comes back online it is not but a machine and oh. it we've lost that character oh no and i was like that like that was like a death i felt i was like yeah. oh and it's like it's interesting because it's like if you're a star trek fan yeah. There's some stuff in here that definitely reminds me of when Spock comes back. <laughs> because it comes back on and it's just all business, yeah. right? And you just call me is, Jim. Fastest is like, are you a machine? Are you okay? And it's like running down like all the stuff. It's like, no, are you okay? Right. How do you feel? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> and it's basically goes like the question, this question makes no sense. I feel nothing. Right. And Faustus is just sitting there with his head in his hands, and like that's the end of this. And Aww. I was like, that like that is so sad if you were a reader of the eternals um the world machine kind of became this incredible character this great narrator this like friend yeah um this like cheeky ride-along like character who's yeah. gonna bring you through this and it, it they're gone and, they're and i gone. was like that is like that was i was like oh Aww. you gotta kill your darlings yeah um, that's true that's not what that phrase means no um, <laughs> but it's true it's sad that was it was incredibly sad and i was like that's that, that Ouch. Like Magneto's death was powerful. And oh, it, yeah. And that scene in X-Men Red two weeks ago was like, you know, eye welling. Um, but mm-hmm. this one I was like, oh, Aww. why? <laughs> why, World Machine? Why? Yeah. You're so great. Love it. So there we go, guys. Yeah. That's all the AXE you're getting from all me the today. <laughs> 
Well, I read Amazing Spider-Man number eleven from I like this Zeb Wells. Cover it's creepy AF. Johnny Jr. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like you know we've we've been critical uh, of of Jr. Jr.'s art uh, on this run, and uh, or at least I've se- certainly heard some criticism. And I remember you mentioning you liked the cover, and then I saw somebody say out loud they were like on some high profile thing. They were like, "What an ugly, lazy cover." And I was like, that couldn't be more exemplary of Ramita Jr.'s career. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, comp- like, it, it, well, I've never heard a better distillation of, like, the divide between people and their interpretation of his art. Here's what I should ask, because, like, maybe this cover really does not give you the vibe of what's going on in this. But this, to It me, is creepy. It like, is creepy. It looks like an empty husk. It should. Of the hobgoblin. Uh, hobgoblin there. Like, it is just, like, ghostly. Yeah. Like, a haunting image and i was like i kind of dig that i don't necessarily like whatever's holding it is that what is that supposed to be i don't what, know what <laughs> i don't know what that is um but i really like the gauntness of this image yeah 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 by the way steampunk says i will not lie the sacrifice of the world machine broke me more than magneto i i feel that because you know magneto's coming back well and yeah this world machine was probably not i no, i definitely feel that and like magneto got a hero's death and the yeah. world machine like kept everyone safe for as long as they could and like there was just so much character and like if if I say like one more time, I'm going to eject myself from this show. Um, Magneto yeah. has had heroes deaths before, and he probably right. will come back. And we know it is capable of that. Potentially, the War Machine could also come back. But if you've been reading Eternals, I don't know. It's like you're in a secret club, yeah, and you feel a kinship with this machine. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's the first character you meet on the run in that run. Mm-hmm um yeah so amazing spider-man 11 uh, the short version is i liked it i enjoyed the issue i thought it was like it was a uh, good it was good that ramina needed like he got the time to draw the issue mm-hmm. um i think scott hannah is a good inker for ramita jr uh okay does nice does nice work um i wish the colors were a little better you know mm. there's nothing they can do about is it. it a different color than the cover uh i don't think so but i i honestly don't know the difference um it could also be that they had more time for the cover than they did for the pages themselves right but they need somebody like a tamra bond villain or you know everyone needs someone like a tamra but bond like they villain. used to have one but you know he passed away but you know oh. it's like uh it, it's it's good it's fun uh, i like hobgoblin i'm a sucker for hobgoblin and it looks like we're getting like more than one hobgoblin for the price of one and that's exciting um you know we're setting things up i know that like we're setting things up for like there's a there's a summer of symbiotes uh event that's coming out um we have a great pitch for Did you say the summer of symbiotes yeah that's what they but, call but it's the winter i know but in the summer there's going to be an event called the summer of symbiotes oh. uh, but yeah it's uh it's exciting uh it's a good book and or at least it's a good issue and i enjoyed it and uh fun uh, you know setup uh you know what it is there's less like bullshit you know if you don't want Mary Jane in the book, you know, if you don't want to write about her, if you don't want him to be his wife or anything, just don't put her in the book anymore. You know what I mean? Like, but none of this half measure stuff. Don't be like, no, Mary Jane's happy. She's over there. Like, no, just don't put her in the book. You know, if, if, if you have no regard for the character, you know, it's not like, it's like poor Robbie Robertson, you know, occasionally he'll show up like he was in this, in the tombstone arc, but like, we don't, we're not checking back in with Robbie, but it's uh, but yeah, uh, fun stuff. You know, Spider-Man, like, pursues Felicia and they're they're starting something up um it's weird you know Peter's a little weird Zeb's Peter's a little weird you know he's like he's a little more neurotic okay um you know like he has like a panic attack after like asking her out and I'm like I guess you know if you were to approach Peter from the perspective of all this stuff all happened to him and you just got out of the whole like sin eater magic shotgun kindred demons clones nonsense i think i'd have a panic attack from doing really obvious regular things too so there you go 
<laughs> but I, I actually enjoyed the issue. I thought the art like complimented it well. You know, day to day, that's how that's what it's like to be a Spider Man fan. So you know, I dug it. Uh, now let's talk about She Hulk. Okay. So She Hulk wrapped up. Um, it is and uh, and and it wrapped up in a in a I think a satisfactory way in its own like some. Okay, uh, what do you think of the finale? Um, I I thought it was more what the show promised to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think a lot of folk thought there was going to be a lot more like fourth wall breaking than there was, and like the last episode definitely delivered on that, so, like an exponential level, like. Yeah. Compared to every, every other episode that we saw. Right. Yeah. I think that the writers thought that they did it more than it, than it happened in the show. Mm. And so like, while it was at least like it was earned, I think that the fourth wall moment, if I, if I never hear fourth wall breaking again, man, cause I've heard it so much. Wait, the Thanks. actual act of Just it or the term, the term, like if I never hear a critic or a fan say break the fourth wall ever again, I've but heard it enough times. It. I know. I'm just saying, but it's it annoys the shit what out of me. What do you want to say point. instead? There's nothing else to say. Okay. That's all. That's because that's actually what she's doing. Um. But like, ever since Deadpool, man. Like. Uh. But anyway. Just as she's punching through the panels. Punching through the panels. Uh. But no. Um. The ending and it, the way in which they presented the ending was like pure all of it. You know, like it is it. It was a it was a I think it was emblematic of a of a marriage, a perfect marriage between Marvel and Disney in a in a in a kind of funny way where um, Disney has always blurred the line between its like company and the media that they, pr they produce. Mm -hmm. And so has Marvel. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually like pretty synonymous in the in those two companies, you know, like, you know, the players who make the stuff that you read as much as the the characters that are not real, who are in the stuff you read, just like, you know, the person who's in charge of Disney, because they have made themselves a character, Walt Disney, Michael Eisner, etc. Although the latest guy, I can't name him. He's a ghost. Probably because he's fucking up so badly. He's a ghost of flesh and bone. He's a ghost of flesh and bone. But uh, primarily, like when I was growing up, I saw Eisner everywhere. I saw Eisner interacting with cartoon characters. I saw Eisner getting hit in the face with a pie. Like, so seeing She-Hulk go through Marvel Studios and see Marvel Studios the way we saw it in like those making of documentaries. I'm like, wow, they're really there. And it's like a fun kind of like, look at that mm. stuff. Uh, yeah, Bob Iger as well. Um, but um, it, it, it's, it's it, so I thought like that was actually a pretty like well executed kind of like fun, cute, like, like back and forth that represents mm -hmm. the current world of like Marvel Studios slash Disney slash Marvel. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of fun to yeah. see like the characters interacting with like the world. Um, but then they did the Kevin robot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get the feeling that Kevin Feige didn't want to do that. Right. He's like, I don't want to be a character in the show. Right. He's like like I'm, I, just, I'm on, I'm on the red carpet. I want to make the show. I make the shot of the shit. I don't come on. I don't get on camera. Yeah. And I heard a rumor and I don't know how, how valid this is, but I heard a rumor that like one of the only pieces of pushback that Kevin Feige had on the show was that the robot wore a hat. And they're like, because you wear a hat. You always wear the hat. Right. And, it, and as I understand it, he was like, but why would the robot wear a hat? And they're like, because you're the robot, <laughs> yeah. you jackass. And it's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, that explains you and your ghost writing because you don't get like meta commentary. Um, 
but like outside of that i thought it was a a pretty cute and clever and fun like very like old world disney stuff mm -hmm. kind of way to present the new world of marvel studios yeah um as a story eh. yeah yeah, yeah. It, uh... you know like i loved i loved how they did it and i like the idea of jen taking control because she's done that in that is the closest thing to the comics they've ever done mm -hmm. not including like the using pug and having the superhero law firm and stuff like that like that's very much the dance lot run no questions about that mm -hmm. no 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 complaints but uh but having her like just go you know what this is stupid that's a john burnism right there so going no and then just changing the ending i'm like yes mm -hmm. i am not annoyed that like anything that happened wasn't earned right um but it felt like lip service it felt like half measures you know like i heard that the writers really wanted to use spider-man stuff but couldn't oh in the show okay and that having her reference that would have been more indicative of actual like fourth wall breaking than her saying, when are we going to see the X-Men? But her saying, when are we going to see the X-Men made the masses think, Oh, look at that. They're really like, they're answering our questions. And they're also like pushing the envelope mm -hmm. when we all know a, the X-Men are coming and B, the X-Men have already appeared in friggin' multiverse of madness. Like it's not really a, a valid question because it's already been there. Right. If she had said like, how come we didn't get we didn't get to mention anything about Spider-Man and have the robot go da? Like that would have actually been a thing, not just because I like Spider-Man, but also because like that's an actual like thing that's going on. You know, like how come I'm not a movie? Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Um, having him actually say that she's not going to be in a movie was like even more concerning for me. Where I was like, what? But like, then what's the point of all this? Um, but you know, it, it felt it felt like it worked and there's a lot of things that i liked about it but when you penetrate the, sur the the surface there's not much left and that's what this whole show has felt like mm. i'm sorry you, you got no i i mean honestly like i i don't remember when we watched it it was like two weeks ago it was it really no. it was right after the con oh, was it really yeah wow I felt like it, was just... it was sunday after the con oh okay it wasn't that long ago though. no it was like a week ago it was like a week ago okay um well, it's not so utterly forgettable. I don't remember what happened. It's just, I don't honestly know how to feel about this show. Right. Because it feels like there was just a lot of, a lot of things they wanted to do and they didn't have enough time to fully do anything. So instead of just trying to focus on one or two things, they trying to, trying I don't to like, know. Sh like shotgun it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I Well. Like it just, yeah. there wasn't as much development as I, as no. I think I would have preferred. Certainly um, not. I mean, you know, I, 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 did I, you know, think enjoy like, it? Oh, yeah. Or did I think like, oh, that's clever. At least in the ep last episode when, you know, we addressed the elephant in the room of like how much money it costs to put She Hulk's like on screen where mm -hmm. he's just like, oh, I'm, you do it off camera. Yeah. 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 That was cute. That was funny. I, I was like that. Like, that's fine. Like, but like, does that make it a like, right? Does that excuse superficial writing or one dimensional characters? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, I had the same problem. With Multiverse of Madness, like it, it, it superficially, like everyone's favorite thing is that Doctor Strange had a cape of arms, and it's like that. Yeah, that is a really that is so that is a really that cool so art picture. Accurate. That is such a cool variant cover. Was it earned? Like, did it 
actually make me feel anything besides like what a, what a cool album cover that right. is. Right, and I mean, I guess for her purposes, being fourth wall breaking, you get away with that type of thing. Yeah, um, right. But like, you don't use it as a as a band aid to cover up the blemishes. No, that I you... I agree, and I and I think that you know the the cast like the the people that they cast, they I did think the best they did what they could with what they. That's had. what I'm saying. Like, I think if there was a little more meat to their episodes, there there could have been something there. And I'm not yeah. saying it has to be like dramatic. You know, oh. when we think marvel attorneys right now you think of course they're, they're daredevil. daredevil so like you think like oh it's got to be like this brooding deep dark like thing and it's, like, it doesn't have to be that no um but it was also so i think it was supposed to be more of a genre show and so yeah you know it is it's filling the niche of like a like lawyery sitcom yeah like an ally mcbeely like you know kind of like self-effacing not terribly serious like it's like a scrubs only like without any weighty episodes Um, although there was like i I will say it's funny like i didn't really care for the show and then there was that episode where she goes to the retreat and it was like that was pretty good yeah like it was really well written and uh you know because it's because it's a character moment and it had nothing to do with like the world that they actually had established or set up it was literally unearned it's like uh we're gonna go to a place that shouldn't have anything to do with this show that's a completely different setting with a completely different cast of characters and basically do a completely different show where she's in the group therapy like that's a completely different show yeah and it worked really well you know, seeing mm-hmm. Porcupine was really awesome. I mean, you know, and having them be things and do things that in, were in service to the story about the character yeah. of Jen Walters worked great. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else just felt like it felt like a facade. Like this whole thing felt like a like like a Western from the 50s where it's like everything is just just a flat like, oh, look, we're in we're in the OK Corral. But if I push it, it'll all fall over. I think the biggest issue there for me is just like because I didn't have an like I didn't have a big problem with any of those that happened in the show. No. I think what I was lacking was the attorney stuff. Yes, that, that actually it was one of my criticisms of the Daredevil show when it was going on because I loved Daredevil. Daredevil mm-hmm. is for me like an S tier mm-hmm. like this is what Marvel should be trying to do. Mm-hmm. But even then, everyone's favorite lawyer scene with Matt Murdock is from the fucking Defenders show. <laughs> like, and the, and the Frank Castle scenes, mm-hmm. which is basically just a backdoor pilot for Punisher, which is no complaint here. But like, I wanted more. I wanted more lawyering. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the writing for Daredevil was so sharp and good that they could have gotten away with it. Well, also, you're going to call yourself I think the show has attorney at law. It's called attorney at law. And they, and all the, all the attorney stuff was as, as, as methodically researched and well-written as the, um, as the uh, McNeil episode of Futurama. Like there is no work or research done. And it's really frustrating. It is because like, like, that's what they wanted to do. And, and, and and that's what they, that's what they promised. Like, you know, not, not daredevil, not like the Hulk showing up. They promised, a a, com- a workplace comedy mm-hmm. and it's like they made those they've been making those for 65 years you know what i mean like we've got enough shows on tv that are templates i know somebody who wrote for the murphy brown show you know like there are people who are young who are writing tv today who are writing shows that are homages and references to shit that happened 40 years ago mm-hmm. and no one on this show wrote that no, it's true. And like, I think at the end of the day, that was the thing I, I wanted the most. And so much so that like when Charlie Cox showed up, people they, were like, oh, and he has they have like, an, like a, like oh, a, a back and a forth room scene. And yeah. like, he 
says something which I'm sure is nowhere near as good as anything he did in Daredevil. Right, but it's still. But I was like, oh, I was so hungry for that. Right, yes. like I, I like me a good courtroom drama. Who doesn't? I, but That's I also why Law like, Order like exists. But I also like me a good courtroom like farce. Of course. So, like, it just, I don't know. Yeah, no, like it's funny because i was gonna say uh, my cousin Vinny because i'm one of your favorite movies but also like it like, it's a, such a great like example but also my cousin Vinny is so well researched well yeah like it really is like it's not just it's you you watch and you have fun but like for real though all the law stuff is real mm-hmm. and well researched and it's like but it feels seamless because of how clever and good that that movie is yeah um and i'm not asking them to write an, like an oscar nominated movie every time like ever a 22 minute long like sex drama but or sex comedy i should say it wasn't drama but it was it was too one-dimensional yeah and i'm not saying i wanted it to be all lawyering no it's just we but like named, that's 50 percent of the that, show like, it's she hulk lawyer show she you know her job is that it's like the like it's just that's it's right like, defining it's attribute it's a pillar of what the show was supposed to be and then when they didn't get that it like I... right it would be like making a spider-man movie and they're like okay what do we know about spider-man the powers the secret identity the job and the girls yeah it'd be like if there was no love story in a spider-man movie. they would have been better off just leaving her on the island yeah I don't want. I would not have wanted that. But, I'm just but saying, at least like, then it would have been it would have explained why there was no lawyer stuff. About the lawyer stuff. Yeah. I don't necessarily wouldn't have wanted that either. I just I don't know why that stuck with me so much that there was like I'm like there's no there's there's nothing there's, there's nothing here. No, no. It was and it's funny because like and I don't even care if she's like not a great lawyer. No, it's just there was just nothing. And, uh, that would have actually really interesting. But again, like these are just these are just notes. Like the idea of like yeah. Jen was hired outside of her depth for this like high price law firm you know what i mean like in the devil's advocate mm-hmm. where it's like you're 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 a you're a podunk lawyer we're gonna elevate you but it's like because of nepotism and not because of like your your, your abilities they're like that'd be interesting they, they wanted to do too many things as you pointed out they wanted to do too many things they wanted to they wanted to talk about gender identity mm-hmm. or not gender identity but like they want to talk about being a woman mm-hmm. in america today yep and that's and by the way why the hell not it's a female driven show it's a show Make it that, you sure. know, especially about a woman in like power mm-hmm. who has power, mm-hmm. who is in this world that is very much like vocally online vitriolic. Mm-hmm. Fine. Do that. But also don't forget that what your show is about. This is, I think, a problem where it's like it is it is just more proof that Marvel Studios is not here to make TV. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to make <laughs> TV. I like I went I I I I bled I sweated and I sacrificed to come and work for Marvel Studios, the number one studio in the world, to make the biggest movies on the planet, mm-hmm. and I'm on She-Hulk, the 22 minute long sex comedy show. And it's like that is not what I'm here for, and I I it, like. I don't think that it's it's like in the DNA of the show, it's written to be like this resentful. I hate this show and I'm going to tank it myself. I I just think it's like, these are people who are geared to making movies who are being asked to do something that they're not good at. I mean, yes. I mean, for sure. I, I, and that could just be a a fault of like, kind of who you got involved in the writer's room just in general. And and again, nothing again, like, listen. And clearly they got Zeb Wells. Well, I was (laughs) (laughs) going to say like, I am not a writer, so like 
anyone who can put together a story and a script like that, like my hat's off to you just in general, because you sat there, looked at that blank page and then you, and made, you made a story, you made something out of yep. it. Like, thank and they you. filmed it and it yeah. became a real like, thing. You did something. That's awesome. It's more than any of your detractors could ever say. I'm just saying, I think at some point someone in Marvel should have been like, and we're going to put this person who wrote for literally pick any law and order. Right. Li- like we're going to pick this person who like wrote care. my cousin Vinny wrote the devil's advocate yeah. wrote law and no, order. I think they all were wrote on for daredevil. I think they were excited for this show. I yeah. think they wanted to do this show. I, I think that like they had a lot of other elements covered. Yes. Except this key component, which ended up kind of being the linchpin that everything should have grown out around. 100%. And because they're missing that, I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, that's at the end of the day, I think that's what did them in yes. for like, for me, at least in terms of like how good the show could have been. Absolutely. No, it, it, that's the thing is like, I'm, I don't want any negativity from this show launched at that show to be confused with the arguments against it that you see online. Yeah, because no, my, my thing is this show could have had flawless CG mm-hmm. and whip smart writing and it still would have had exactly the same kind of hate and misery that was thrown at it mm-hmm. because it's not about that. No, but like what well, we are it saying, didn't, it didn't help. No, that like this show did have something to say. Yes. And it was drowned out by all the other elements that unfortunately weren't as strong. Mm. The writing, mm-hmm. the CG, the story, you know, like the story for Jen, her journey. It's not exactly like a traditional story circle. Sure. It's, it's, unfortunately not and like uh, the 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 world they were building like there's an opportunity tv is always an opportunity if you're going to expand on a multi movie show franchise to deepen that world you know when i heard mr immortal was going to be in it when i heard like the porcupine was going to be in it when i heard that like when i saw that the abomination was going to be returning it was like what a great opportunity you know what a great opportunity to explore the abomination maybe there's like and and if you want to make it social commentary the abomination smashed harlem maybe there's like a whole like grassroots black lives matter movement against the abomination like that'd be kind of interesting and funny nope i had no problem with the abomination stuff i i did because the 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 marvel universe is so empty of supervillains that you didn't kill one and you made him that well i think i think honestly it was kind of smart because if you're gonna be doing anything else with hulk stuff and you have some like aging actors right well i mean tim tim roth could just not have to be in it yeah he could just voice it right but i'm just saying you know you have now opened a doorway that like you could bring in like a different villain like and it's not like well they are apparently like i don't remember what show oh it's the new the new captain america movie is gonna get the leader Okay. And it's the guy from the Incredible Hulk okay. movie. And it's like, okay, the leader. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like that I didn't I had no problem with that. Yeah. You know, that's he, fair. He's charming. Well, Tim Roth is wonderful. <laughs> I feel like he was I feel like he got more input on what his character was doing than than the than the universe. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I like watching Tim Roth. Mm. I like Tim Roth's great, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. Uh but uh yeah. But for me at the end of the day, it just comes down to like I think the show could have been a lot stronger yes. if they had just had more more law stuff more law stuff or just a stronger um understanding and like backbone of that for the show yeah and then have like i said like everything else could just kind of spider web out yeah. from there because it's like that you know we got some hulking stuff i yeah. know and i do understand that that's expensive and so if that stuff is expensive then yeah. what you need to do is you need to focus on the other part right wouldn't it be easier to just do that but in the for me the law stuff is so important, but my my major problem with the show is the characters. I feel like it is there. There is this is this is an impression of a of a sitcom. 
Like the, they're mm. perfect strangers. I, I I reference it only because her father's played by cousin Larry, but like perfect strangers, cheers, sports night. I guess, yeah. I mean, they all have deeper, more well-rounded characters than her entire supporting cast. Mm. Everyone in that show is a stock cardboard cutout. Well, if they if they are getting another season, or if they, I feel like they are. Um, then I hope that they can take this and like grow with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You re- <sighs> now you've like laid a foundation, so at least people know these characters a little bit. If you didn't already know them, and you know them in relation to this world, and so now it's a time that you could dive into them a little more, get them a little more depth, and again maybe get more of that attorney yeah. knowledge. Well, in and there. I'm worried they're gonna be like, well, we did that already. No, the last like, show was called Attorney at Law. Now she's a space cadet. Like, which is a dance lot invention as well. But like, I, I, I genuinely like, I didn't like or care about, and I didn't not like them. I didn't care about them at all. Like her assistant. Nikki? Nikki. Oh, I like Nikki. She's funny. Who is she? You know what I mean? She is. She's her sidekick. She is the sidekick. <laughs> she has these characters. Like, you know, she's yeah. sassy and funny and, you know, and she'll do anything for her for her friend. She's her hype. She's a hype woman. She's she's her hype. She's her hype uh, team. But like <laughs> Pug, even the like in in the in the dance slot run, like Pug has a crush on Jen Walters, and mm-hmm. it's always unrequited. And it's like I don't, you know, obviously that's like a trope. But Pug now has nothing to do. You know what I mean? Like why? I'm, it doesn't have to. You could reinvent him. You know, you can make him gay. You know, so there's no concern about that. Mm. And I'm not saying that being gay is an attribute. I'm just saying like you could do that to get to to not answer have to answer that question, but then give him something else to do. Well, but just he's just be, nothing. They could just be saying that they could just be, it's okay for them to be friends. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I get that, but they don't do any. But instead of instead of them being platonic, or instead of them being unrequited lovers, or instead of them being well, like friends, they're nothing. I think they were struggling enough with trying to find their way with what they wanted to do with Jen. Right. But so, like, so to add those elements in, I, I think they were like, Oh my God. Yeah, but like, no one would say that about any movie. That's a character study, any movie or TV show. That's like about one person. No, I, I hear it's you. like, well, the entire supporting cast doesn't have any like depth or character. And it's like, well, but they're really trying to focus on the main character. Like, no one else does that. We're giving, and the only, not, I think I that the show is getting a bigger it, pass because I, people. Well, I, I was going to say, I didn't say it was right to do that, but no. I, I definitely, you know, I, I that because it was like so like genre to the sitcom side of it, I didn't really think too much about it because there are plenty of characters in yeah. sitcoms who are just. Oh, yeah. Well, Big Bang Theory, everyone is a cardboard cutout, but it, and, it's the, <laughs> and it's one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. But and, and just by virtue of it being on for 10 years or more, uh, character depth emerged. You know, so maybe it's just time. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, like, I don't know. I felt nothing for anyone in this show except for Jen because they put that much effort into Jen mm-hmm. as a character. And even then, she doesn't have a journey. Mm-hmm. Like, her journey is the same as it, when it was when it starts. It's just that she also, like, she didn't count on being attacked for no good reason. Mm-hmm. And, and the stuff in that, like, is actually well executed, I think. Like, yeah. the, the, like the nuance, ironically, of, of, online discourse and like and and gender specific attacks Mm -hmm. is actually pretty well handled yeah and and not as hacky as i've seen executed in other places yeah that's kind of cool yeah i agree it's but the show isn't called single female lawyer (laughs) (laughs) you know it's very Uh, true so i mean at the end of the day oh and and scar looks like fucking garbage and i am i am done with this whole, I, I don't get it. 
I don't get what Marvel. Maybe, what, that, what, maybe what, that was a joke. They're not really doing it because she said no. Right, that'd be funny. They're like, no, it'd be fine with me. But like, I don't understand what Hollywood's obsession is with children. <laughs> they were like, oh, we don't know what to do with Shrek. Give him some fucking children. And what does everybody say? Shrek is ruined because of the children. Like, how about Thor has a child? How about Captain America has a child? Like everybody gets a kid. And and then those kids can never inherit the franchise. Like, what are you doing? Especially if you're Ant Man's kid, because you're going to be because you're going to be recast like at least three <laughs> times. Maybe in Quantumania they'll stick with one actor <laughs> finally. But I think why not? She's been she's already been recast two two or three times. Every movie she's a different actor, and she's and then they find out she's like a multiversal. She's in multiversal flux. Mm, anyway, okay. Uh, at the end of the day. There were moments that I enjoyed, and the only things I didn't like about it were because of like structure and like technicalities. Yeah, yeah. No, I I feel like you know there could be something there. I just wish they had a little more depth in certain areas. Yeah, and I think all it would do is just bolster what was already there. Yeah, you know, I you didn't even need maybe even need to add any more um scenes just no. just literally have a little more yep. to them and it doesn't, doesn't have to be super dramatic no just a little bit something there something to chew on a little bit that'd be fine with me uh let's jump into some super chats and then let's we will recommend some comics do that. That out. uh okay hang on <laughs> we gotta scrolling. catch up uh okay we got it here we go we're we're nice. finally caught up here archer fx uh, hey guys, Red Dini's DC and uh, G GJAC runs. Oh uh, yeah, uh, really enjoyed and hope you both check them out. Think you both think you have them both. The later the latter has one of the best Superman stories I've ever read with Sal's favorite heroes. Okie dokie, thank you, uh, Ali Alziati. What do you think Daredevil's portrayal and she? What do you think of Daredevil's portrayal in She Hulk? I personally loved it, and Charlie Cox just has charm to spare. Plus, I met him once, and he was really cool and a super nice guy. Maybe I'm biased. I had an opportunity to meet him, and I didn't. And I like, I just didn't want to bug him. I I wish I had because he's so awesome. One of our mutual friends is a mutual friend who, like, was able to finagle that, and we didn't do it. We should have. Was just it was just a missed. It was just a missed opportunity. That's like that's all you do. You're just like, no, nah, I'm not gonna. Do I, I'm sorry. You all gotta right? do it for now. I try to say yes all the time now, but okay, uh, I loved it. I had no problem with it, and I think it jives. I know that they've been saying. I think Cox or somebody said that like the show, like the Netflix show, didn't happen, and it's like a reboot. But we're just using some of the same actors, and I'm like, no, the show happened. Keep it. I, it's it still works. I, here's the thing. I I know some people were like, oh, yeah, I know. Why is he like? Why is he? This? Why is he like the comic books? Well, he's. I have no issue with him being happy. No. Well, you know, he can be sad again. Yeah. In fact, it's actually um, more like painful when you had happiness than to become and then you become sad. Right. It's just kind of how, how things work. Yeah. Ray Farr, the fourth wall break in She-Hulk's finale felt like her breaks in the comics playing with the format instead of just talking to the camera. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish there was a little more of that. Yeah, I, it just feels like they backloaded it so much. Completely. Maybe, maybe what that's an indicator of the fact that it's like we found our footing, and so more. Stay tuned for the yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. Like last episode is more like what the show will be. Yeah. Titania was a complete waste. All she did was just break through a wall and yell. 
Yes. And like, I don't care. I didn't want to take Ad- in the show. Anyways, admittedly, but... though, like I said, like, they don't add that they play in the show. Yes. I saw that ad on like on YouTube yeah. as like an advertisement for the show. It was I a was clever like, idea. It's pretty no, it's a good idea. Not bad marketing. Uh, Ziadi says, hey, uh, Sal, you might be happy to hear that Cox wants more lawyering as well. Although he said that before reading the scripts for Born Again. Well, we'll see what happens. More lawyering. More lawyering. Uh, Lee Allen, you guys read Gotham Year One? Not yet, but I do have a copy of it. Uh, Archer FX, also agree with Logan. He deserved the thumbs down. <laughs> uh smh fire bruh all of the she hulk really had was a series of scenes that i guess tied in with each other energy everything felt simple and an obvious and the obvious joke that's an opinion uh paul williams greetings from australia wanted to thank you for reintroducing me to comics recently i had one of my favorite comics sent in the p.o box but i mainly wanted to thank you for sending me back to uh sending for, to, for bringing me back to comics yay well, that's great man thank you so much if you if, if you have mailed it, I haven't seen it yet, but don't worry, I'm, I'm going to the mailbox tomorrow. Oh boy, you're gonna get in trouble. I know, but thank you. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm paying them to keep that thing. Uh Mordecai or Mordezai says, uh, wanted to say I've been rewatching old back issues and getting back into comics missed uh because of an old job getting me down. You all do amazing work, stay gold. Well, thank you very much, man. Thank you. And uh, enjoy those old episodes. They're really fun. Uh, Danby 900, thank you, Sal and Tiffany. Exactly. It was an impression of a sitcom. The supporting cast was just a bunch of caricatures. Nine episodes with no depth. Titania, uh, Tatiana Maslany said she has no idea if season two is happening. There you go. Mm, okay. We'll see. I uh, I don't know. I, I bet it does. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I hope she shows up. I hope she, they keep her because she's great. Yeah. Uh, Ray Farr, after, see, after my friend telling me about the She-Hulk finale and seeing Halloween ends in the span of 24 hours, I have one word, apathy. Yeah, I didn't hear. I I've not seen it, but I'm never going to. I don't Halloween care about ends. Halloween. I, you know, I no matter what, I gotta give uh like Jimmy Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Like she's like she's just I like her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's great. Such, she's a she firecracker. Like a, yeah, she's like a fun lady. Yeah. <laughs> Dan V, I was surprised that Josh didn't return in the show. I don't remember who that is. Uh, is that uh, the guy that she slept with? That, yeah. Like yeah, that was weird that they didn't even pay that off. LT3 didn't notice it until the rant, but I realized I cared more about uh, Madison and Wongers. Only good side character moment was Pug and his sneakers. Oh, yeah, the sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, couldn't care less about Wongers, though. Good for him for being in it, though. What is a good, what a good sport. Uh, Paul Williams, my favorite She-Hulk meme from the show is people complaining about Daredevil making jokes, then cutting to all his jokes in the Netflix series. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Right? Or cutting to him smiling or doing anything in the comics you know get, uh, get, get with a daredevil seriously i realize that this is completely personal bias but i'm sick of smart hulk i know it's tired in one note but sad hulk and shiri jen are my favorite comic pair from ray far i agree man uh not that i don't mind him it's just like i'm ready for a change mm. you know and like seeing him show up in that in that finale i was like, Ugh. It's like hey it's me i'm like okay you're tiny and you're boring lose your shit get 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 savage again come on let's go it's time to get savage uh but let's do some recommendations for comics that are yes. coming out this week that we think you should check out things that are exciting things that are exciting to us uh i'm gonna just go ahead and move these over here is that your list it's my list of books that are coming out this week uh obviously public domain number five is out you should be reading this book it is great from chip zadarsky uh predator number three is out i gotta read number two uh i like number one well enough so i'm looking forward to seeing where predator goes predator number three uh batman one bad day the penguin is coming out from john ridley i'll see how this goes uh my enthusiasm for this went from like uh, a 10 to a two so we'll see where this one averages out uh deceased on war of the undead gods number three is coming out yippee i love this series this is such a great that book sounded so 
um, sarcastic, yes. I know, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Flashpoint Beyond number six is great. You should be reading this. I'm really digging it as well. Okay. Can't wait to see this. Super or Batman Superman World's Finest number eight. More of that. Hooray. I like this book. Nightwing number, number 97 is coming out. Huzzah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Thor number 28. I'm reading this. Uh, it is apparently written by Donny Cates and Al Ewing with art by Salaraka. Oh, no. Never mind. Uh, I, I do want to see Thor fight Venom, but not like that. Moving on. Batman number the, the night number 10. Reminding me that I got to read the rest of the night. I think I dropped off after the first arc, so I need to read more this of this. This is the last issue. Last issue. So uh, 10 issues, not bad. Okay, I'll pick that up. Hooray, the night. <laughs> uh, and The Rogues number four is finally coming out from Josh Williamson. Uh, yay, I like this book. It's weird and funky and, you know, ridiculous. And I'm looking forward to more. Is that Jeff Lemire book just dead? Uh, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard anything about it well uh i'm gonna uh, say moon knight number 16 is coming out this week uh written by uh jed mckay with art by i'm gonna guess it's cappuccio but i didn't open this up it, and is. it is i remembered a thing x-men number 16 is coming out uh, this is not an axe tie-in so no this we're is moving gonna, on you're just we're just we're done with that we're going we're into the vault yep. into the vault uh this is written by jerry duggan with art by josh uh Kassara. so yeah we're, we're back we're back to it folks duggan dug in um uh, x-force number 33 is coming out you skipped last week's but you could just read both of them yeah. now uh it's also an axe tie-in though this week of course so i think we're just going to be dealing with uh craven it looks like wolverine's on the cover so hopefully this will let me know when this is taking place <laughs> as they've been doing to be like hey when does this fit in which i will really appreciate when we if, if inevitably cover this on back issues because yes. good, good lord <laughs> good um, lord uh, midnight suns number two is coming out that that like book remember that, that book Yes, written by Ethan Sachs or by uh, Zagaria. Luigi Zagaria, uh, very much because of the game, my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know that for sure, but I don't know anything for sure. <laughs> um, if you're a Silver Coin fan, there's going to be another Silver Coin coming out this week, this time written um, by Mike Walsh. Yes. So, like, he's kind of the, you know. The creative powerhouse behind it. Yeah, so, you know, check it out. Why not? Check it out. Check it out, Shang-Chi and... Uh, the Ten Rings number four is coming out, so you know I will definitely be picking that up because mm -hmm. I really love this book. Written by Gene Lewin Young with art by Marcus Toe. So, come on, it's just it's consistency. Just, just yeah, this book has just been consistent. It's always a joy to read. Honestly, um, I'm gonna also be grabbing the Bone Orchard Mythos Ten Thousand Black Feathers number two. Future Tiffany, please don't forget to pick this one up because <laughs> I really liked that first issue. And I'm I'm in the mood for spooky right now. Yeah. So as much as I can get, I am I would like to devour it for sure. Uh and I think that might be it. I think I have a bit of a uh, a lighter week this week. Yeah. So that's a nice breather for me and might give me a chance to go uh like grab Ghost Rider, which I didn't get a chance to grab and and pick it up and, yeah. and check that out. Because... I wonder about that. Um, what's that Snyder jock book? That's on oh my gosh, I got to pick that up. Yeah, I got to pick that up. I didn't even know what it that's, is. And that's not even in print. That's on comics. No, I just so. need to read that for yeah. sure. I, I'm just looking. I'm just reading. I know you're just I, checking I out that other this book. Is. This is just for me. All right, cool. Well, then uh, <laughs> we want to thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. We want to thank our super chatters for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you to the chat yes. for keeping the show alive. And of course, thank you to Matt Rosenberg for coming on the show and plugging Wildcats. 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 <laughs> it stands for something else now. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode of The Vault of the Rack. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and uh, stay tuned for more. We'll see you guys later. I'm Sal. Wildcats. Bye. Oh, and if Chris is from Comic Tropes is streaming, stay tuned for Chris. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Podcast.